It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amazon is hiring near you. Earn a competitive wage and start as soon as seven days. No resume or experience required. Health and safety are a top priority with all of our roles and sites, and Amazon is taking precautions in our buildings to keep people healthy. Go to Amazon.com apply. That's Amazon.com apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. It's not the best one. It's not the great one. You're speaking with the juiciest one. Let me just start out by saying that I do not like drama. I do not like uh, calling people out. I don't like any of that shit. I'm not a bully. I don't like. I don't like to cause controversy. And Teddy, you know that. Like as dramatic as I am, I don't like to cause controversy, especially with Schlack being someone that I really appreciated and cared about, and he did so much for me. Um, not really true. That's is true. He did a lot for me, and you've admitted that many times. I don't know your relationship well enough to fucking do fuck all, but I've seen you twice now, and you fucking first time you lied, shoots, and said I fucking said I fucked Marie in her room, and you, me, and Nick Gage and Jimmy Lloyd are in that room at the same time, motherfucker. I didn't say shit, but she hung out with me once. I never fucking said a word. I let it slide. You texted her behind my back that I was talking shit. I fucked her twice before that ever happened. I never said a fucking word. If I had a big dick or small dick or if she fucking came or tapped out because I fucking long dicked her stomach so bad she thought she was a fucking man-eating tough bitch and she got fucking yeah, put to sleep real quick. So you can have that fucking sloppy second, sloppy thirds, dude. But the fucking time I see you, I didn't say shit about Maria and never ever disrespected her one fucking time, dude. I don't do hardcore matches. I do a fucking real life walk outside. I'd rather shake your hand and give you a fucking hug. And tell you how fucking cool you are and how badass you are and how much I like your matches. Because I'm the fucking biggest fan of yours. But don't be a fucking player-hating pussy-ass fucking bitch, dude. I'm asking you to call me and finish her tattoo because she's your friend. No, the problem is that you. I had a tattoo that he started. Yeah, you guys real. have seen it on my arm for a long time. And it's... Pull my sleeve up. Hold on. He's a fucking good tattoo artist and she likes you and respects it's you. It's not finished. Nobody else can finish it because nobody else knows how to finish those pieces. And I like, I'm not, I don't want to make a scene about it. And I would never go back to him and get a new tattoo because I don't want to deal with that. But I need this one finished. I'm trying to finish so my, baby, I told myself I was crying today because I want to finish my sleeve. Hold on. Be friends. I look stupid with one tattoo sleeve. I want to finish that piece so then I can do the rest of the arm. And it's like, he promised me when we started dating, if he started a tattoo, that if he was going to start something and we broke up. He would always finish it. And I texted him so nicely today. I said, hey, we're going to be in Philadelphia on the 15th of that weekend. If you could please find any time to do my tattoo. And he said, yes. I know he said, uh, no, I'm not doing that. I don't have any respect for you, all this and that. And it's like, what the fuck? Because literally before he knew I was with Teddy, th- three weeks ago, I texted him. I said, can you finish that tattoo? And he said, yeah, let me look at my schedule. Oh, but now because I'm with someone else, you can't fucking. And you know why we fucking broke up? Because he was fucking his ex-girlfriend. So point in. Be- oh, but you can fuck your ex-girlfriend. 
I forgive you, still hang out with you for the last year, still fuck you, whatever. But then you fucking, now that I'm happy with someone else, now we suddenly can't be friends. The whole time he was fucking his ex, he's telling me, oh, you know, we can fucking, um, we can still be friends. Like, you can, you can love two people at the same time. I love the both of you. Like, you both are different. Oh, but now that I love someone, you can't even fucking finish a fucking tattoo for me? Fuck you. Who the fuck does that shit? And I didn't want to take it this, but like, I don't, what the fuck else am I supposed to do? He's not going to answer your fucking phone call. He's going to text me and fucking act like a pussy. What do you, what do you want me to fucking do? And before this fucking video gets made, I want you to fucking text Schlock right anything fucking on this, now. Get rid of that on the table, please. Give a fuck. It's fuck. I don't want it on I, that. Yeah, I'm not fucking Teddy. it on that. So put it away before I accidentally film it. It's been put away. I don't like the fucking lighting in here. I look like a skinny-ass fucking Because you are pussy. skinny right now, because you won't fucking work out, and I'm literally bigger than you. Good. I don't give a fuck. My hands are still faster than anybody else's out there, so we'll see what happens with my skinny ass. If I get fucking fucking punched out, I've been waiting 25 fucking years. And this video, I don't think it's going to come out. Guys might come out in pieces after me and Schlack have a one-on-one -on -one conversation in person, because I don't like doing this shit. I don't do fucking video message blogs and promos about shit. It's If it's a shoot, it's a shoot talk to the guy or fly to the guy's city and have a chat with him like two fucking grown men or like two guys in jail you have a chat and you finish it outside and fucking go back out and you shake your hand or you don't have to shake hands you just never talk again but somebody knows one guy won and one guy fucking lost and it's not worth fucking having a fist fight over some stupid fucking tattoo that gets finished but what pisses me off is not calling a guy back who you work with who's a colleague because he's fucking your ex-girlfriend you've been broken up with for a fucking year a year and you fucked her three nights before I was with her. And then again, I didn't give a fuck. Do you see me crying at the house? And the most fucked you up part with that hat. You and Jamie just fucking had a real fun Stop. night. Stop. Fuck yeah. fucking say that. What? You guys can't hang out together? Fuck, I can say whatever the fuck I want, dude. That's Teddy Hart. I haven't put anybody on blast yet for shit. You want to see me put somebody on fucking blast? I'll talk about some fucking shit that'll blow your mind. Okay, the point was at the Halloween party, you both showed up to the Halloween party and you were nice to him. And I still. Out of respect because for Because I have enough Schlack. respect for Schlack that I told Teddy to go home because I didn't want to make Schlack uncomfortable because he was at the party. So I would hope the fucking same respect comes back when I ask a guy to give me a phone call or text me back something and you're going to text the girl a bunch of bullshit because you want the attention from her and you want to have this feeling that you got something she wants, which is you to finish a fucking tattoo. In my opinion, the tattoo could be finished by any fucking tattoo artist on the fucking planet. I watched a show on TV where they just do cover-ups. All but the I time. Want a cover up. I want this no piece. No shit. I understand. I picked this piece out. He drew it for me. I yeah. want that piece. It's important. And if you don't it's get it, you're going to fucking go what? Crazy? Is he going to hold you hostage for this shit? So I'm going to be fucking you and I got to hear Schlock didn't finish the tattoo so you're miserable? Fuck, it's fucking up my shit. So finish the tattoo if you can or don't. If you're not going to finish it, then fucking fuck off and get over not having a finished tattoo from Schlack and get it finished by somebody else. Orgullosamente Latino hasta la muerte y después Worldwide Latino pride The ambassadors of violence LAX, K-Dog, the notorious 187 homicide Bang, 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 bang I'm from Miami, not Compton Down with the essays in the 6-4 hopping To my body was in the 787 And those up in Brooklyn pulling 211 I come through stomping Rolling in my low-top chucks Making sure you suckers feel me every time we bust Shackled up like a nut going 5150 G'd up in the feed up We're stuck in some dicky Welcome to Keeping It 100 With Conan Millions and millions of downloads and pound after pound of a Renia tobacco later. 
We are now home on the MLW Radio Network. I'm your MC for the week. I am the Aussie guy. I could plug my shit, but you don't care. This week, AEW World Heavyweight Champion or La Champion, Chris Jericho returns for more talk about the pro wrestling landscape today. Former WCW president and 83 Weeks host Eric Bischoff clarifies a story from the most recent Starcast and discusses his future plans. Plus, the listener mailbag, Sandman vs. Jordan Grace, words you can't say, and more. And now, without further delay, let's hand it off to the master of the verbal gem, it's Conan! <clears throat> Go ahead. <laughs> Yo, we're back with episode 179 of Keeping It 100 with Conan, the mighty, mighty DI, and JoJo, the Philadelphia entrepreneur. What it do? Boom. What's going on? What's happening? What up? Joe, what is, let me ask you a question. What does your shirt say? Oh, this this shirt? Yeah. It says, uh, sit down. That is a Mike Durbin t-shirt there. Ugh. And, uh... Oh, <laughs> my God, what a mark. <laughs> So uh, the shirt is based off a confrontation he had at All In, where he uh, almost got into a fight fighting this large gentleman here who wouldn't sit down and stop chanting. So Mike went up to him and got into a confrontation with him and bullied a wrestling fan, bullying people around he was. Jeez. These, listen to this. This is like, these are like stories that are in the bio. Uh, like when you look at like the, the guys in the Creative Control Network. Yeah. You know, like you see, like Mike Durbin <laughs> got an altercation at All In with fan that wouldn't sit down and was chanting too loud. <laughs> Because <laughs> <laughs> go just give another just because you for this just this, this whole. Do you like Joe's thing. fake laughter? Because like, yeah. I, I have I commend Joe, Joe is becoming a worker because he's he knows how to work the mark like like Raven you know Raven's a mark for himself and Joe is like has a trained working laugh that he does now to make Raven feel good you notice this like Joe's like working his I'm laugh to keep Raven happy because if you laugh at Raven Raven's happy I think he's very funny and any laughter that you hear is absolutely genuine. Yeah, doesn't so. Uh, if it's anything like, if it's anything like that last one, it doesn't sound genuine. Do you have shout outs or do you have excuses for no yeah. shout-outs? Shout outs, boom. Uh, Jay, T- uh, Jay Tyler from the Bronx. You can find him on all streaming services. He has a rock album out recently released titled Imagination. Yo, Tyler, why don't you send that song to the juicy uh, Frankie Seal? Yeah, k100questions at gmail.com. Uh, we'll probably have Frankie back. I would say probably after Christmas. We the next one, so. Get it in there. Justin Anderson from South Bend. Ron Arnold from Dallas, Texas. Tom Robinson from West Yorkshire, UK. <clears throat> and if you remember last week, we had a guy. His name was WrestleFan5280. And remember, we are trying to <laughs> figure out what 5280 was? Yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's pretty weird for an area code. Well, he wrote back listening to the show, and he says, obviously, we're called the Mile High City. There's 582 feet in a mile. That's why it's that's okay. And he's a new listener who's enjoying the show. I want to thank all these guys that uh, I gave shout outs to. They're all basically new listeners. And every week um, uh, you can check uh, our show out on Patreon. That's where tell, t- tell them everything that they get on Patreon, Joe. That's at Conan.me, by the way. Yeah, K O N N A N 
Dot me, sorry. Yep, Conan.me or Patreon.com slash Conan. Uh, we have several tiers, uh, but every week you will hear uh, the unedited mailbag. When we do the disco list, you hear the unedited disco list. There's a lot of video and picture content that uh, Conan and D.I. send in as well. Disco is, of course, sending pictures for uh, Porn Star of the Week, Guess the Porn Star of the Week. And also, uh, lately we've been having a uh, Patreon subscriber on either via Skype call or on a roundtable or even for a match watch-along, and that's a part of the $25 tier. So join the $25 tier and get on and join us uh, for a call or a watch-along. Also, if you join the Patreon now, it's not like you just get, you know, if you pay your $10, it's not just $10 for a month. You pay $10, you have access to the entire almost three years of audio and video content and everything else that's been going up. So it's it's a steal at this point. Right. <clears throat> and then there's a $500 tier if you want to watch a movie or if you want to take a fig bath with Joe and all his uh, cast no, of characters. You, you I'm can't. sure there's a Mike Durbin and Joe Feeney doll somewhere that's being made or has been made. You can't get in the tub with me, but I, w- I would get on No, you can not get in the no, tub with well, him. Don't, don't let him. Don't let him fool you. I don't want to be touched. No, you will be touched. <laughs> All right. Um, what else do we got going on? Anything going on on uh, Twitter and the wrestling world that we uh, we need to talk about before we get to the letters? Well, I wanted to t- uh, bring up the latest, uh, like you said, almost every day on Twitter there's something else, whether it was Cornette a couple of weeks ago and then Jim Ross on AEW, and now it's... Uh, Jordan Grace getting on Twitter and condemning the Sandman because uh, this past weekend at, at WrestleCade, apparently the Sandman... Well, I'll read you the tweets. So Jordan Grace tweets, Hey, remember the time that the Sandman came up to four women about to main event to tell us that women main eventing is wrong and any male wrestler with any sort of experience would agree? Was this in 1998? No, it was tonight, December 29th. So uh, her contention was that Sandman said that about the women main eventing uh, WrestleCade. Uh, however, uh, when Tessa Blanchard came out to the ring and uh, just you know brought it up in front of the people, her promo was uh, as follows. I was in the back earlier tonight and I had to listen to an old ECW guy that used to have a beer in his hand talk about how women shouldn't be main eventing this event or any event. Not because he didn't have faith in these women, but because he didn't have faith in you fans. It's 2020 and I think that's a crock of horseshit. The women in this ring right now are some of the best women's wrestlers. No, they are some of the best wrestlers in this business. You're looking at women who have traveled the world and held notable titles and notable companies all over the entire world. I can't think of anybody better to main event. And uh, the main event was Jordan Grace versus Rosemary versus Ty Valkyrie versus Tessa Blanchard, but Tessa was injured and couldn't take part. But from what I understand, uh, Sandman, and I, I heard this and a couple of uh, inside sources said that Sandman's contention was only that uh, he didn't think the crowd would take to the women's main event because he thought the great Muda and his match should be main eventing. And he wasn't, he didn't even say it. Who was great Muda? Who was great Muda? Wait, 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 wait. Who was great Muda wrestling? I'm not sure about that one. But, Can you uh, check? Yeah, I'm going to look it up now. All right. I'm just going to, I'm just going to shut this down <laughs> very quickly. All right. We're making a mountain. Jordan Grace is making a mountain out of Mohill. Okay. Sandman is a drunk. Okay. Every time I've seen him at shows, when he was even on the show, or if he's on the show, he's been at the show drunk. Okay. So, so like, it's not like, and he's not really on social media. He's not on, you know, it's like an old, old school guy, drunk at the show, you know, and then made a comment. And now it's what, what, so what these women are doing is they're extrapolating that into trying using this, using one guy's drunk comment to like, you know, oh, oh look at how the, the, the hardships women are facing and stuff. And everything. it's like, bro, all that matters is the house. Okay. If the women are the main event of the house drew fine. Okay. If women are main event, the house does not draw, then it's problematic. And right now where women are main eventing, okay, main eventing. 
professional wrestling shows, the big shows, during a period of time when the ratings are at their rock bottom. Okay, so I'm not going to ignore that. All right, so if you don't want to talk about all the facts involved here, Tessa Blanche is a great performer. So we, we all know that sort of thing. But, like, is there a market? Are you going to attack the target market for professional wrestling by promoting women as your top draws going forward? Is that is that a plausible, reasonable course of action for professional wrestling companies to take for the future growth of this business? That's a question. I would say no. I just do not. They're obviously, you know, even if they're as a business plan, I would contest. It does not seem reasonable that your target market would, you know, that you would get the most out of out of uh, promoting, you know, the, the, those girls. Now, the ones that are really good are, are higher on the card. They get more reactions. Everything, but just like randomly, you know, polarizing this business into the guys and the girls and saying the girls are main eventing. This. No, it's like a few girls are main eventing because a couple of them are really good performers. This isn't like the, the future the business is women running because because most of the women aren't that good okay but like you know i mean that that's just that's just facts i mean they're, they're not that good you know they're, they're, they're the ones that stick out look really good you know so well, just, i would say that what, what, what's your so who was muda playing who was muda facing <laughs> george south <laughs> muda versus george south is not a main event in any- lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Any arena in the country. I'm I don't sorry. think it was. Would you agree it with that, Conan? It wasn't in yeah. 89 either. Yes. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. But however, it did. Yeah, it, I'm not even a promoter. But given those two <laughs> matches, okay, I, I I would not have Muda versus George Shelton as my main event. Here's the thing. Wait a minute. Give, wait a minute. Hack, Hack is a is a good friend, and I was willing to give Hack the benefit of the doubt if Joe would have said somebody like um, Nick Aldis, you know, something like that. You know what I'm saying? But here's but, uh, here's George the thing. South. Here's the thing. I I, I neglected <laughs> to mention, and maybe this will. Help a little bit, give Hack a little bit more of a case. At WrestleCade, uh, there was some sort of tribute to George South, and it is a really old school audience. So maybe if it was George's last event and his last match, maybe that's why he would consider like, hey, put Mood and George out there last. You know, we're doing a big tribute to George. I, I guess that maybe was his. Motivation. Here's thing: this is strictly up to the promoter. The promoters run the show. The promoters paying the talent. Whatever the promoter, that individual promoter, wants to put on the top of his car to run a show, brother, this like Sam is complaining to the like complaining to the girls is dumb. Like go complain to the guy that ran the show. Well, yeah, he's you, supposedly. You know it's like yeah, you know. He said it to the promoter, but Tessa was right there. So Jordan wasn't even. Uh, Jordan was probably oh, told really? or so, something. So he didn't. He didn't directly say that to the girls. No, they overheard him say that to the promoter, and they put him on blast on Twitter. That's, yeah, but that's here's the word. They, yeah. That's the word. So, so they took a locker room conversation, just blasted on Twitter to try to yeah, to try to get they, sympathy. Because right, yeah. because they know they know for sure that if you put out there today with you know the women's movement and uh, all inclusivity and all the femboys that we have out there that they defend anything that's women related, even if it's inferior they knew that the minute that they put that out there everybody was going to come out with the over the top you know and that's exactly what happened and i, I yeah. saw a lot of tweets that were like are we supposed to expect the sandman to be some sort of progressive beacon of light it's the fucking yeah, sandman you know yeah i mean like really since if you if you're, if you're seriously if you're if you're upset at a comment the sandman's making at, at, i mean come on it's like 
seriously, I'll tell this to the people that are upset about that. If you're in the business and you're one of the women that's upset about that, this business is a little bit too tough for you then. Okay, you got to have a little bit more thick skin. Bro, you're talking to, to a upset. snowflake I'm, generation. I'm telling you. You're talking to a generation. Yeah, the snowflake generation is drawing any fans. Yeah. The snowflake gener- generation is not drawing any fans. I mean, every week on TV, we're seeing the ratings, but you're bottom out, they're getting lower and lower. You know, and you're, you're looking around going like, and people like us are sitting there saying, hey, you know, you, you guys may not be doing this stuff right. And it's like, oh, I'm toxic. You know, it's like, I'm not, whatever. It's well, like, enough, just, all this uh, social justice crap just, it just does not belong in this business. I'm sorry. It's like all this inclusivity and stuff. Too late. The, the professional too late. Way too late on that. Way too late on that. But I'm aware of that. But like those conversations yeah. are not conducive to the business model that professional wrestling needs to be run under, what? which is grown men competing in fights with grown women, you know, with brash language, sex appeal, and, and, and simulated fighting. It's just like these conversations are just stupid. Yeah. You know, they, they don't do anything to promote this product. You know, they even talk about, oh, the, oh the, it's the time of the women now. So they, who gives a come on? Oh, People it, just want to go and be entertained and watch a good show. It also seems That's like, it, um, like. Know? She seems to be a regular on, with the Twitter complaints, Jordan Grace. This isn't the first time, you know. Yeah, she's the one that said this is art, we're artists and stuff. Brother, rewriting the book. Yeah. I'm going to say this is draw a dime before you rewrite the book. That's all I would say to these people. Draw a dime first. Then you can rewrite the rules. You know, but if you guys are rewriting the rules and you're not drawing any dimes, it's like, I'm sorry. If they think even Conan would agree with that. You know, like all these people. Well, at yeah. the end of the day, I like women's wrestling. I like good women's wrestling, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, I'm just sick and tired of all this bullshit of, you know, you know, well, br- women are getting a break. They're finally getting the break that they didn't get in Mexico for many years. It was just women versus women. Now you have women versus men. You have women. I had women in the main event, which had never been done in 26 years of, of AAA, you know, but you're getting uh, the chance that you didn't get before. Everybody is. It's more before it was just very close. Before you'd go to a territory. I grew up in that era where they'd only have one black guy or two black guys or one Latino or as they considered them gimmicks. You know, mm-hmm. they had one girl, you know, but that's all changed. So what are you crying about? You're mm-hmm. getting the opportunity you always wanted in movie, in theater, on TV, in politics. There's more women than ever in politics. Yeah. There's and same, you know, Bro, there's, there's more women in this country than there are men. Yeah. They represent 51 or 52 percent yeah, of the but country. They don't, yeah, but they don't. But they, ne- they, 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 they don't. They're, but they're, they don't have the power. For many years, men have abused of their power. And that's, what they're, that's what they're, they're striking they're back against. But they're, they're finally getting equality. So what are you bitching about? I mean, you're well, getting equality. Wanted. That's the whole thing. They're, they're getting equality and they've had equality in society for a while. They're pretending like they don't. That's the funniest thing. Well, like, I don't you know. know how, I wouldn't it's say like, that. Bro, let me tell you something. Wow. What they do is, it's like, this is what I don't like about them. It's like they're trying to shield themselves from criticism. And in this in this day and age where we rate the matches and this, this you know, the wrestling fans are kind of geeky like that. It's like, I'm sorry, you can't shield yourself from criticism. you got to have thick skin to be in this business, you know? Yeah. And, and a lot like- of these people. Just do not show it to the guys and the girls. It's ridiculous. It's like the uh, the Survivor Series, the WWE pay-per-view they just had. The main event was a three-way women's match, and it wasn't very good. I'm not going to say it was good just because it was a women's main event. It wasn't very good. No, let, you know? let me ask you a question. When was the last time they had a women's main event that was good? WrestleMania, I thought, was good with Ronda. Well, was that good? That I, was not good. I liked it. I liked it. It wasn't good. Hmm. Look at the reviews of the, the man. It was choppy. It was it like we, we you know it wasn't that good. It was it was it was arguably it was, you know the other main event they had what was a recent one the Survivor Series they had the women for the, for the main event right yeah 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 that well, that's stunk too no but what was a women's yeah. WrestleMania match I forgot now Ronda uh, Charlotte and Becky Ronda Charlotte and Becky remember wasn't that good I'm trying to remember, remember the, the, the the finish got botched the finish, yeah, was, the finish was got shitty. botched yeah. I do yeah. remember that yeah so it's like you know I'm I'm, I'm not going to pretend if like you want to be put in the top 
spot, then the criticism goes along with that spot. Yeah, but we know Becky's a good wrestler. We know Charlotte's a good wrestler, and they can have great matches. And we've seen Ronda in good matches if she's led. The problem is, it's like anything else, bro. It's like, I remember when MMA first started, right? And the first girl that, at first, I wasn't sure if I even wanted to see women fight. Because I was like, um, I don't think they're going to bring it like the guys. That was my mentality without knowing anything about it. And then when I started to saw G- Gina Carano and she was kicking some ass and then Ronda Rousey came in and she was kicking some ass and the women were almost always having the best fights on strike force you remember that disco i mm-hmm. think it was almost like here's our chance we got to prove that we can you know show and prove or we're not going to be hired anymore and they went out there and they kicked it and i remember dana was against having a woman's division and then finally they did have a woman's division and then you started to see other women coming in but the problem is is it's a right now there aren't a lot of great women mma fighters just there's some, but I'm just thinking in five years, there's going to be more. And in 10 years, there's going to be even more. And the yeah. same thing with women's wrestling, like the women's wrestling for so long in the United States was just bullshit. You know, let, you know, the divas revolution where you just looked hot, but you didn't know what the fuck you were doing. And then finally like that, uh, I think uh, that when Sasha and all those people came out in NXT and Charlotte and Becky and yeah. that little group, you know, they decided, you know what, we're going to wrestle. We're going to try to wrestle like the guys and fucking not just be eye candy. Then you start to see more women coming out and you saw, you know, Taya and Tessa. And but still, it's a small well, sampling, but right. it's going to get bigger. It's going to get bigger. But let yeah. me tell you, too, this is this is the thing. And then don't and to, don't try to, to tell me that this isn't what happened. OK, is that when when they started using women in strike force and started using them in UFC and stuff, like that, right? <clears throat> and like you watch the women's fights and the women's fights were usually pretty good. Why were they? Why were they pretty good? Well, what, uh, I, I've got a reason for it. I'm, I'm they, were exciting. I thought, yeah, I they were exciting. I thought they were exciting. They were bringing, they, they were bringing it. Either they were booked better. I don't here, know. No, no. Here's, here's what they were. They weren't as skilled, athletically skilled as a guy. So the fights were kind of like street more or less fight. unskilled street fights the, yeah. with less skilled fighters slugging right. it out. You know, and so what happened was we saw the girls that were definitely better athletes than the other ones quickly rising up through the ranks because they were killing the other girls in short order. Ronda Rousey was beating people in 30 seconds. You know, uh, 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 Joanna Jersik was beating, you know, these all these girls were were showing like it's it's the same thing as what you have in professional wrestling. Disciple. Here's the thing. And once you have a professional wrestling, a small handful of girls at the top, and the rest are kind of just all just kind of like the same. They just can't compete with those girls. You know what I'm saying? They're definitely not as good. One I said looked like Russell Westbrook, Amanda Nunes. Yeah, Nunes. So you go. You talk about the women. You talk about Joanna Jersic. Amanda Nunez, Cyborg, Ronda um, Rousey. Um, there's another one in there. Miss yeah, there's Durant, a couple. Durant. I'm sure we'll, there's I'm a sure. couple others. Yeah, yeah. But, but it, it, a lot. Girls, yeah. your list isn't going that long. You know what I'm saying? In the like, men's division, you could talk about a list of fighters, 50, 60 fighters that you think are pretty, you know, pretty good. Like they can bring it. But just this is what this was happening in professional wrestling with the women. The women that are significantly better than the other girls are st- sticking out like a sore thumb. And the right. rest of the women are kind of like, you know what it's like? It's like these SEC fans that always say, oh, we got the best conference. We have the best conference, you know, because they're trying to piggyback off Alabama and stuff. You know, Alabama would always be a national championship. And all the other SEC fans have said, oh, we're the, we're the best conference because one team was winning the national championship every year. But that's why I see with like a lot of these women. They're piggybacking off the girls that are really good. 
and try and include all the women under that prism. It's like, no, the girls that are like really, really, really good are the ones that are at the top of the card on these shows, not just quote unquote women's wrestling generically, because a lot of the girls are not that good. I mean, I, I think that's I think that's the, the culture that exists right now. What do you think? Uh, I could I wouldn't disagree with that. Yep. Yeah, but I do like good women's wrestling that I will throw, I will say that or a good women's inter- intergender match. Um, all right. Anything else that, on Twitter that we need to talk about, Joe? No, that was the latest. That was the latest. All right. Hey, what's up? It's your boy, the coach from WWE Monday Night Raw and everything else, everywhere else. You're listening to Keep It a 100. My boy, K Dog, the Hurricane, and Dis- what, what is what is Disco Inferno? I didn't know. I didn't know Disco Inferno was on this show. Oh, damn! I wonder where he had been. I'm out. Hey, this is David Weiss from the Flat Earth Podcast. There are two types of people in the world. People that think they live on a spinning globe and people that know that that's pure crap and the Earth is a flat, stationary plane. You're listening to Keeping It 100 with Conan and Disco Inferno.
What did you think about this? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, on your podcast, I haven't heard it. I want to hear it. I'm also like a couple shows back on AW because I've been traveling so much. But on your podcast, I, I heard that I saw that you had interviewed Donald Trump Jr., right? Right. Great get, by the way. And uh, and then so, I, son I, of a wrestling Hall of Famer. You the son of a WWE Hall of Famer, right? <laughs> and so well, go ahead. Like like you said, it was a great get. Right. And um, how could I turn that down ever? Just from a from a journalistic standpoint and from a, a show business standpoint. Okay. But let me throw you the question. Let me throw you the question. But, guy. Right. But let right. me throw you the question. Let me throw you the question. What did you make of the fact that there were People that were actually so outraged that you had him on your show that they didn't want to listen to you again. What what did you make of that? Well, you know, I mean, obviously, it's such a polarizing uh, uh, name, and and, right. and I'm not a political pundit by any way, shape, or form. Um, right. You know, I, I don't really. I actually had to call Rich Ward from Fozzie and kind of get a you know, can you tell me some stuff I should ask him because I just don't know. Right. Now, having said that, <laughs> like know, Rich Ward from Fozzie still, would have all the questions. <laughs> Well, you trust me, he's Just a political slave, man. Right, <laughs> <laughs> How about your beverage man? What was your beverage man's name? Oh, Jack Slade. Jack Slade. <laughs> yes. but, uh, or, or, or as you called him, Jake Stevens. Jake Stevens. But my point is, yes, it, it blew my mind. I, I knew it was coming. Of course, I knew. As soon as I announced he was going to be on the show, you know, half the, half, the, half the, of America loves me and the other half of America hates me. And like you said, a lot of people will never listen to your show again. We'll never listen to Fozzie. We'll never watch AEW. We're going to burn our Chris Jericho shirts. And it's like, it's all extreme. You know, if you don't like it, just don't listen. I'm sure there's right. a lot of guests right. that come on. I think more, if anything, it's almost the habit of America. It's like when people were booing John Cena just because he was John Cena. It was a habit. It was a thing to do. Right. So I think it's a very polarizing political climate with, with Trump being su- such a, a polarizing figure that automatically think, oh, I have to have an opinion on this. No, you don't. You don't have to have an opinion at all. Just shut up if you don't like it or, or, or shut up if you do like it. What's the difference? It's one week. I didn't know, like, okay, is this show going to do a monster number? Is it going to be my biggest show ever? Or is it going to be my worst show ever, a total bomb? It did good, not great. It did good. It, did, it was an average show for me. So all the people that were bitching and complaining, it's not like the rating went down half or went up half. It stayed pretty much exactly the same as a good, uh, strong show would. Is it one of my best shows? No, as far as ratings go. Is it top 10? Not even close. Is it a great number that I'm proud of? Yes. But it just shows that, once again, even when people complain, 
the ones that said they weren't going to listen, they might have listened anyways, or somebody listened to it because, like I said, it did a good number either way. Well, I've been saying all along when, when I went, went to when I did my heel stuff and impact this past year that it's just very simple because I'm, I'm a heel. There's a, but I, you know me. There's just a lot of these fans just do not like me, and I don't like the fans. But I said one of the easiest things to do is get heat with this fan base. Is just you know, tweet a positive thing about Donald Trump. It, that right. gets you instant heat. There's, there's just a you know as a part of that, that's like it's not that hard to do. It's like you know you beat a heel, you probably know. Hey, I'll get Donald Trump Jr. the show. It's like I'm a heel. You know the the outcome is a positive EV. Like you know whatever the expected value of having him on the show was definitely going to be positive for your character, if anything else. You know because as, as well, that's what heel, they do. Be, be, you know. <laughs> yeah. People yeah. thought that I did it. Uh, uh, you know like, what a brilliant heel move. That's the most heelish move you yeah. ever do. And it's like it's not the case. I, I did it because now I can put it on. Who else has been on your show? That's always the question in Hollywood. Who right. else has done it? Well, I got some names where people might go, wow, that's a pretty good get, like you said. Maybe we should uh, give this show a try. Yo, Chris, what do you think about Glenn's lover boy headband? Can you see him on the video? He's on no? the phone. Oh, okay. No, no, he's on the phone. No, uh, I can't, but he used to wear one quite often. So you know me, man. I, right back from the art bar days, I always appreciate a good Mike Reno headband. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. You remember that Art Bar liked him? Yeah, he used to wear a, a headband too that he bought as a joke. Yes. He, he called it his lover boy headband. Right. He used to get a lot of heat from me and Eddie over <laughs> that. And <laughs> and one last thing, one last thing. I didn't know they were from Calgary. Oh, uh, lover boy? Yeah. yeah, I think they're kind of Vancouver, Calgary-based, definitely Western Canada for sure. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Let me, let me ask you this: Like, so you're an inter, you're a generational performer. Obviously, you see that you know you come from a style of wrestling, and you like to have your type of match. You like to work the way you type, you, you do, and you see like wrestling today, and you see a lot of the, the stuff the guys are doing. Right? I know. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you mine, and I want to know what yours are. I know you have to have some pet peeves about some of the work today. Right? These are mine. And I t- tell me if, there's, if, if if you feel the same way. The no selling the super kicks, to, the no selling the kicks to the head is getting too prevalent. When people are shooting a guy in and throwing clotheslines, they're throwing terrible looking missed clotheslines. And there's just way too many dive outside the ring where guys are just standing there waiting to catch a guy on collectively over a course of a two to three hour wrestling show. There's just way too many. Those are my top three pet peeves. What are your pet peeves? Well, I learned this actually when I went back in 2016 and I started working with Kevin Owens and Seth and, and Sammy and uh, you know, all those guys. Um, the, the new trend at the time was repeat moves. I mean, Seth still does it quite a bit. He'll do one tope and then get back in the ring, do another tope and then get back in the ring, another, another tope. When I came through the system back back in the day, that was that was ludicrous. So I learned something there that the style is changing to where it's okay to do the walls of Jericho two or three times in a match or hit two or three code breakers if it fits. Now, to answer your question, the business always m- mutates and morphs and evolves. It's the way it is now. So the other things that bother me, yes. Um, other things that I realize that people like that bother me and I just have to go along with it because it's the way the business is, yes. That's well, what are they? Still, what, 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 don't, what don't you like? I will tell you. Okay. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Um, and also, too, there's a lot of stuff that bothers me that I can't control because I'm not in the match. Now, when I can't control that is when those guys work with me. Right. We have had, I, I called a team meeting. I'll tell you one right now. The lack of tag and the lack of just normal tag team wrestling psychology drove me nuts to the point where that was one of the big knocks against our company in about week three or four, if you remember. Now, yeah. Conan will appreciate this. They started making excuses for the Lucha Brothers because I'll be honest with you, tagging it out, they're lazy. They don't care. They just walk in and out whenever they want, uh, do whatever they want, and it's not right. It's not how you do it. And they would make up excuses where they would say, oh, it's Lucha Libre style. 
huh, that's funny because I worked in Mexico for two years, and guess how you make a tag in a Lucha Libre match? You stand in the corner and you wait for a guy to touch you and you walk in. That's Lucha Libre rules, a.k.a. tag team rules. So I called a, a, a meeting with the whole crew, crew and said, you know, you're burying the refs. Uh, if you don't have any rules, you don't get any heat. And it's killing our show because our honeymoon period is over, and now people are watching us and they're being confused by the lack of rules. So Bro, that's let me, changing slowly. Let me tell you, just like lucha evolves in the United States, it evolved in Mexico, and sometimes evolving means digressing. They very rarely tag in and out anymore in Mexico. They just fucking well, go in. Okay. And, ultimately, well, if you want to yeah. if you want to look at the root blame for this. Yeah. The root blame of this absolutely lies with Conan because Conan <laughs> brought the luchadors into WCW, basically introduced Lucha Libre wrestling into the States. And then you had a lot of these indie guys repeating Lucha Libre wrestling, but not really sticking to the, the to the rules because they're green. And this is what has happened. It's Conan's fault. Bro, this, uh, well, Chris, now you let, were, let me just finish were, my statement. Yeah, ahead, let me, let me finish my statement before yeah. somebody quit baits me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lucha, uh, uh, Phoenix, uh, Phoenix and, uh, and, uh, and Penta are amazing. They blow my mind every week. And once we had a couple talks with them, guess what they started doing? They started tagging. Cause like right. you said, maybe they did just were working at that. Maybe it was a habit or maybe nobody told them. Right. You know, you've got a whole locker room of guys who have basically just worked indies with their whole careers. Not yeah. that I'm not putting the Lucha Brothers in there, but they don't know little things. Like like right. I've told guys, change your gear. Your gear looks your gear looks bushly. You come back with new gear, and I said, I can't believe how much better this is. Nobody's ever told them that stuff before. So once we right. told the guys to to concentrate more on tagging in and out, they've been doing it, especially right. the Lucha Brothers as well. So everyone's me, learning together about what we're looking for in this company. Let me tell you something that's going to blow your mind. Uh, one of the main things that I learn nowadays, and we take this for granted because we already know it, is we assume a lot of, and I'm not saying they don't know shit, but we just assume that like yeah. a lot of wrestlers already know what they should do. And sometimes right. when you talk to them, you're like, bro, nobody told you this before? Yeah. How long have you yeah. been in the fucking business? Let me get and you, so you have to, you have to find you, you and me can't assume anymore that younger guys know what they're doing. You have to sometimes Chris. go out and, and ask them. Do you know what I'm yeah. saying? Chris, do you remember you're this right. story? Listen, Chris, listen to this. Remember when you guys came for uh, it was either Smack, it was a SmackDown at the um, at the Thomas and Mack Center before they started doing T-Mobile uh, six or seven years ago. Yeah. And I had come backstage. I had my Samoan friend I work with and his kids. We came backstage for the show, right? And you, the, we were sitting there waiting. Like, there was something going on. You guys were having a meeting. And, like, you came back and, like, you said, hey, what's going on? I was like, oh, we just didn't. And, like, I, I hadn't seen you in a while, right? And you were telling me, he's yeah. like, this is the WWF or WWE. He said, we just had a meeting. I was like, about what? He goes, we had to teach this, these guys how to find the red light, like how to find the hard camera. Right. Like, you're talking yeah. to your main roster crew on WWE and explaining them stuff that, like, was just rudimentary for us back in, like, the, you know, back in WCW. Like, like, me, you, Coney, and Bagwell and stuff, we always even made a joke about how finding the hard camera is so important. Remember, like, like the games you used to play and stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and you literally had a generation of wrestlers and of all these guys that nobody had told them this. And I'm like, I, I find no, that... And, 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 and we've had... We've had we had to have the, that same uh, conversation with the guys in the first couple weeks of our TV. Cause once again, how much live TV have these guys done? Zero. 
Not a lot. Mostly zero. You know, not not a lot. But I can remember. But, but, but the thing is, guys guys need to hear it and, and probably very much appreciate it because I can remember um, going to WWE in 1999 and not knowing what bumping and feeding was. That sounds ridiculous when you think about it now. But nobody did that in WCW. And nobody told me about it. I, I, I never did the bump and feed if someone makes a hot tag. I just never did. I, no one told me. So right. there's a lot of stuff that guys for, that have been working for years and years and years just don't know. Like you mentioned, with Lucha, uh, with uh, Penta and Phoenix, maybe nobody told them that we've got a tag here. This is what we want. And guess what? They're doing it. And you just got to – that's my thing with wrestling that I always hated. Uh, when guys would go behind your back, oh, man, his punches are the shits. He throws right. terrible punches. He throws terrible punches. And everybody in the company knew you threw terrible punches except for you because no one right. told you. Right. Uh, go behind your back. We don't do that. If there's something that I don't like – and vice versa, please tell me because it needs to change in the best possible ways. Not being an asshole, everything else you're doing is great, but this needs to change. Right. And, and when you tell somebody that's a true professional that, they'll take it to heart and do better. Bro, and let me tell you, like sometimes in the dress room, I would have some of the uh, older guys like, oh, well, this guy is doing this wrong or he's not doing. I go, then go teach him. Then go fucking teach the guy right. so he does it right. Don't complain. Right. Let's and so right. and 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 so you know that's always my philosophy and like you said you got to be cool about it because power is to be used to inform and to help you know not to abuse and fucking be a dick with it you know what I'm saying? That's right. Um, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Chris, one last thing that I do want to ask you about e AEW. So, what are your challenges uh, for next year? Well, I mean, you know, it's interesting because I, I I predicted this, and I'm sure it's not a big revelation, but. I knew that eventually NXT would become the third brand, right. uh, become just another WWE show, which it is. So we're, you know, the war, you know, once again, the war that we're not even really fighting, but, but it is what it is. It's real. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a lot of emphasis put on NXT to try and take that away from, from AEW, take the focus huh? away from AEW. Was it interesting, In case, to, Chris, was it interesting to you to watch last night's Survivor Series and see how strong they put NXT? No, because I know Vince. I knew from the start that it was going to be, okay, well, if NXT is losing, then we need to build the NXT names. Because like I said, they didn't have enough star power to beat us. Right. People didn't know who they were. Right. So now they know who they are because they're winning matches and they're getting, you know, Seth Rollins and, 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 and Becky Lynch and all those people on the show too. So now they have the star power. Right. So how do we deal with that? Just continue to do what we're doing, which are having great shows uh, with great storylines and good promos. And like I said, is everything hitting 100% on our show? No. But... A lot of it is, and a lot of it is working uh, no matter, like I said, I can't control who they put, who who goes up against us. It could be the Super Bowl, or it could be WWE, or it could be, you know, resurrect John Lennon and George Harrison and do a Beatles reunion and put that up against us. Like, we can't control that. All we can control is is what we're doing uh, from, from a storyline standpoint and from a show. Is our show entertaining? Do you like it? Do you enjoy it? Are you excited about it? So if we can continue to do that, um, I think we'll, we'll be cool, you know, from a rating standpoint. From an in-ring uh, standpoint, my goal from the start is we got to make stars. That was that was the number one number one thing to do right off the bat, and we've done. Look, we've done with MJF, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, and Elijah Boy. Like all those guys are way bigger names now than they ever were before they came. I'd say even Santana and Ortiz. They're on the show every week, standing next to me. Uh, you know, Jake Hager. No one remembers anything what he did in WWE. Uh, you know, we built him up to be a killer now too. So there's a lot of guys that we can still build. We got to build the young bucks. They're not even half as big as they're going to be yet. Or Kenny Omega. So we just have to continue to make stars. And if we can do that, 
which I know we can, I think AEW is going to get even stronger and, and draw even better ratings and bigger ratings uh, from what we're doing right now. Bro, did you see the match where Omega beat Phoenix for the world title in AAA? I just saw some uh, some highlights from it. It was amazing. It was, bro. <laughs> it was. You know? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's funny. Con- Conan put him over. He had with- Con- Conan put him yeah. over because he wants to get a job at AEW, as I heard. Oh, Jesus. So, do you hear <laughs> about that? Of course he does. Him and Tommy Dreamer in a, in a battle is going to get the most paychecks from the most companies well, right now. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> if you notice, I put the titles on the Young Bucks and I put it on Omega and I'm trying to get one on Jericho as we speak. But, uh... <laughs> you know, I'll just say one thing about Phoenix. that It was incredible. He had a match with uh, Nick Jackson right. uh, last week on, uh, on uh, AEW on Dynamite. And, you know, it was just unbelievable as you would expect. and Just all this crazy stuff. But the most ridiculous thing People don't even notice the most physically impressive thing to me that Phoenix did was when he he straddles the top rope and stands on the second and then runs down the second rope and jumps to do the to, to do the the hurricane rana off the rope. Yeah, yeah. Walking on with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On the second rope while you're standing over the third, I, I want anybody to try it. Go give it a try. See if I bet you Psychosis was a little bow-legged. He could do it, I think. <laughs> He's bow-legged, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little bow-legged thing going on, right? <laughs> <laughs> the guys are so incredibly athletic that stuff like that, people don't even realize it because everything else is, is so impressive. That, to me, was like, this guy is freak of, of nature. Both those guys, you know. So it's cool to watch, even watching them. I mean, uh, Penta and Phoenix, they've only just begun to, to show what they can do. Um, so we also have another thing we have to do is, is get more promo pieces and video packages to explain who the people are. And right. people complain about that. A lot of fans complain about it, but like I keep it's, saying, it's yeah. only been eight weeks. You can't right. build a, a roster of 50 I, people in eight weeks. So give I, us some I, time. I complain about that, but I think this is a philosophical di- difference that I would have if I was in those booking meetings with those guys. But what, I, why do guys need 16 minute match? Well, why can't you have an 11 minute match and five minutes of five minutes of that, that time is devoted because, to because, you know, because like I said, we, we have to be different. So some matches should go longer. Some of our matches go too long. I agree. But like I said, if you're looking at someone like, look at, the, look at the projects that we've had. In eight weeks, I think Darby Allen. We see him come out, and people dressing like him now, and kids and women putting the yeah. face paint on. You know, at first you're like, "Who is this guy?" Then I had him come down and attack me off the skateboard, and then we had the match where he tied his hands behind his back and did all that stuff. And then he did that crazy promo last week where he's in a body bag getting crowd surfed at a punk rock show, and then he has an amazing match with Moxley yep. in the main event that did a great number. He's a, he's made. He went from nothing to a legit made star in less than two months. 
Bro, and not so only that, listen to this, time. Chris, he once, I had used him like about two or three years ago on a big show in Mexico, and he drove like from Atlanta with his girlfriend, okay, mm-hmm. and he got right. to the border, you'll love this, he got to the border, he couldn't get through, he somehow snuck in, okay, did the show, and then left, <laughs> how awesome is that? <laughs> That's the thing, he wants it, man, you know, right. he, he, he reminds me a lot of, of, of Jeff Hardy, he's got an X yes. factor to him, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. that People at first go, oh, he's small or this or that. Get into a room with that guy or get into a ring with the guy. He's got a presence. And, and like I said, now we know, okay, Darby, Darby's going to be all right. Sandy Guevara, he came out the first week with a freaking panda head on right. as a, as a milk toast, white meat baby face. They boot him out of the building. He turns heel with the inner circle. He's one of the best heels we've got. You know why he is? Awesome. You know why he is? Why? It's because I sit here why? and I watch him and I've heard some stories about him and stuff and all that. And when I see the way he acts on TV, it, I, I get irritated, like as a shoot. I'm thinking, I'm wondering, yeah. like, is this kid like a punk? Or is he, because I don't know him. You know what I'm saying? I go, he comes across to me as like a guy to be a punk in real life. I'm getting worked and I'm supposed to be like an expert in the business. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, like the guy, yeah. the guy's like, yeah, he's like, I'm like, because I had a revelation. It's like, wow, this guy's a really good heel because he's got me thinking that I would not like this kid if I met him for real. He's a natural He's got a natural presence of, of being a heel in the ring. And, and right. once again, we found that. So we'll, we'll get everybody. Trust me. I mean, I work on it every week. I mean, Dark Order is another group that I've worked with a lot, even from putting a, a shirt on Evil Uno. He went from looking like a fat, so a, a, a yeah. fat guy who then looks now he looks like a, like he looks weird, like a weird, like what is this guy all about? Just by putting a cool looking sleeveless shirt on little things like that. Once again, yeah. no one has ever told these guys before right. that well, it's not working. The indies, no, so, these indie guys aren't criticizing each other. You know, they're all trying to, they're working, right. trying to put it. So, so, you know, so it's like when you get them, it's like, wait a second, you know, you don't have the adult in the room telling these guys, you know, on the indie level, Hey, that, that looks like <clears> shit. You know, I don't mind, you know, I, yeah. I, that's one of the things that for me at this stage, I don't tell people what they want to hear. I tell them what they need to hear, but I say right. it in, in, in a proper way, trying to help everybody. Right. So, you know, it's like, it's like Marco's stunt, the whole thing when, when, when I could do, when, when I first heard him, I was like, dude, this, no way. I don't get to get it at all. Mm. Then I watched him. I saw, I saw how he got over with the crowd. I see his role with the, with Luchasaurus and with, uh, with Jungle Boy. And I'm like, okay, we can do something with this guy. He's so small. He's ruining the business. Really? You know who said, uh, who they used to say that about? Uh, uh, me. And then when I get into business, you know who they used to say that about again? Rey Mysterio. I remember uh, Asai got yelled at by Tenru's brother-in-law in Japan because Dragon brought him over there to Japan the first time. They were yelling at him. You're, you're an embarrassment to the business. You're, this is embarrassing. We can't put him out there. Then he went out there with, with psychosis and tore the freaking house down. And right when he came back to the curtain, the same brother-in-law wanted to, wanted to sign him for the whole year. But I still contend that you and Rey Mysterio did kill the business. What do you have to say about that? Well, the best part is we're still working on it, and you're not. So <laughs> See, that's what she else, Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. There's some voting that's coming out at the end of the year that I'm looking very, very forward to. Okay? The, the rest of the reserve... Rested Observer Awards are going to come out with their end-of-the-year voting. And I insist that I should, at the very minimum, be top three for Heel of the Year for, for the Wait, A-Lousy. Wait, say Wednesday. number one now that he's on the show, number the top no, three. No, 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 no. Three. I would definitely be – I should be easily the top heel. Okay, but the biased wrestling, fake news wrestling media – 
Don't vote for guys like Chris and MJF because they're on TV right now. But nobody can discount the fact that I was easily in the year 2019 the best heel in the business. Well, Would you D- agree with that? Di, you know the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame votes. Most, the majority of them come from in the business, so it's going to be from your fellow yeah. uh, performers. Well, first of all, you saw what Lance Storm said about my heel work. He was very. If I've got Lance Storm in my camp voting me for best heel in the Wrestling Observer Awards, uh, <laughs> are you going? I <laughs> so, think Lance hey. Storm's brain hey. goes over being in Canada so hey, long. He, he's going back to WWE, so maybe yeah. get one more run, brother. And we'll get one more run in me. My first run. My first run. Hell of a deal. I'm a Chris. <laughs> That's a hell of a deal. Chris, yes, sir. what do you want to plug, my brother? Yeah. What you got going on? Oh, man, like I said, you know, it's just uh, AEW's been a lot of fun. If you haven't checked it out yet, give it a try. I think you'll enjoy it. And uh, yeah, man, it's cool talking with you guys again. And, wait, wait, uh, Chris, uh, wait. Comments, did, you, did you watch, what, what, what's your comment on Bill Ding making an appearance on, on televised wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> That's tremendous. Did you see what That's Lord Cyrus. Uh, yeah, did you see that? Did you watch it you, yet? Can you like? Can no, you, it'll be. Can you place? Uh, as as when is it on tonight? Tomorrow night on uh, Access. Oh my god! What, can you? Is there any type of legal action take against Lord Cyrus for uh, stealing your intellectual property? Well, first of all. Terry Taylor would be the one that would have the uh, the the beef with that because it was his character. Don't pawn now, that they, up on Terry. Now, if they put okay. Artifact and Doug Hole, the evil archaeologist, on the show, then yes, I would Whoa. definitely have a have an issue with that. And plus, <laughs> if, they ever do, if they ever do a Martian invasion, Chris. If, if they ever do a Martian invasion, if the companies do not hire me back as the lead Martian, I'm definitely going to sue. All right. Okay. Wait. You had to interject. Uh, Chris, why doesn't Don yes. just come out? Have you seen how many times he's always has an excuse? used to put on eyelashes or makeup or a dress or something like that <laughs> i know man he's definitely uh i i'm i'm 20 percent gay i think he's at about 37 and a half right now he's getting into the tax bracket he wait wait higher tax he's bracket definitely a cross-dresser right he's a cross-dresser for sure <laughs> well, right I, <laughs> he, he, he definitely he he works those he is that duck face in every picture he ever takes if you notice yeah. that <laughs> yes but so you say yes hey, to the cross dressing Chris I would I would say so he spends a lot of time in Thailand too so I think uh, oh, with boy. his quote unquote nephew yeah so what, 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 him and what, what, his nephew I, go to Thailand for the day. I read that I read that you put over the Stephen King movie uh, Doctor Sleep what was it called Doctor Sleep I loved it okay let me th- let me tell you two points of contention with me with that movie okay all right tell me. Okay, do we need to put a spoiler for you, Disco, or no? You're not even going to watch that movie, so no. Okay, number one, I would have thought it was a little bit easier to kill the vampires than just with a bullet. That kind of did it, you know, because they were supposed to be, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would any of you have liked a more effective method of getting rid of them, or were you cool with the the bullet? Well, see, I read the book, and I was a big fan of the book, so that did bother me. I I see your point if you didn't know that I had read the book. So uh, I guess they were energy vampires, but not immortal. That was the thing. They never never claimed to be immortal. They're just energy vampires. Okay. So then the second one is, wasn't that place burnt down in the first movie? No, I don't think it burned down. No, because he gets stuck in the, he got stuck in the forest, right? In the, in the, uh, the, the maze. Yep. I don't think it burned down. No, I think it Jojo, did. Can you clarify Jojo, did it? I don't think so. No, no. Maybe because there was two versions, remember? Down. There was the film version with Nicholson, and then they did a TV miniseries. And I think on the TV version, it did burn down. But if they're going from well, the, the book... Well, the TV version... Yeah, yeah the, the TV version is, is directly from the book, because King never liked the, the yeah. Kubrick version, the Jack Nicholson version, because yep. they changed everything. Yeah. So... so 
maybe so let, uh, maybe so let me ask. Okay, what was the movie that Stephen? So you read a lot of Stephen King books? Yes. Okay, so is there something to it? Because I saw there was a movie he was in where he was like doing self-deprecating humor. He was like, "Yeah, I hope the finish of this movie or this book is good, not like my other one." That seemed to be a running theme. Is there some sort of joke about some of maybe his books or movies ending not being too good or something? I don't really know. I, th I think most of his endings are, are pretty good. I, I've never had a problem. I've read every single Stephen King book and have since I was 12 years old. So, um, Did you ever see I've that movie where Stephen anything. King's in it and he makes that quote? That was It Too. No. It Too. It, what did he no. say? It, oh, It Too. Yeah. He, he mocked the writer Where? character and said, like, well, I hope your your next ending's better than your last one or something. You know, he was talking to the okay, character. Stutter Chris, you, you read a lot of Stephen King novels? Who, who else did yeah. you read growing up? Mostly just Stephen King. That was my guy. I read a lot of uh, John Grisham in the early 90s when he was hot. Um, That's my yeah, I tried favorite. some. I tried Dean Koontz and a couple of those. But yeah, I, I, yeah. Here's what I read. Yeah. I read, like, all the Patterson novels um, and uh, yeah. all the Dean Koontz novels. I, I read a couple Stephen King's. But they were just too. It just took me too long. And he you know, also they're, they're, read. There's, wait, he, there's too much reading for. for the he King also out. read all the uh, Family Circus uh, uh, comedy strips on the. <laughs> I think. <so. laughs> but, yeah, um, it, I, I just googled it. So it did burn down in the book, but not in the movie. There it is. So there you go. Okay. All right. So all right. Um, before before I go, it's, it, I, I gotta say, you know, um, uh, great talking to you guys. I gotta split though because I, I gotta take my kids to dinner. But this, I think it's just been long enough now. I think it's time to actually. It's I, I like. That you, uh, you know, I mean, I think it's time. So oh, nice. I just want to say for, for all the things that I wrote uh, in my book uh, and, and that I've said um, on uh, on stage and screen, on podcasts and uh, privately to friends, I just want to really say at the bottom of my heart that I'm really, 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 really. What? Jeez, do we lose him there? That's the kind of like an apology, though, because he was just he was one word from completing that. Yeah, he's probably still finishing it right now. Can you get him back on or no? <laughs> See if we can get him back he, on. He got disconnected right before he was supposed to apologize. I yeah. think that was work. Oh, you what? think you think no, he disconnected purposely? Uh, absolutely. Huh. No, but didn't he just say that his daughter and them were going to dinner? She might have yanked the phone out of his yeah, hand. So I mean. Bro, here you're always talking about go not going with the first thing and researching. Let's find <laughs> out. Okay, if maybe his daughter didn't yank the phone from him because she was tired of waiting for him. Right. Is I that could, a possibility? I could see that. Yeah, lover I mean, boy. No, it's obviously, the, you guys worked me again, okay? You guys are being jerks. And it's just disrespectful. Uh, I, I want to thank Chris Jericho. He gave us a lot of time, so yeah. thank you for being so gracious with your time and coming back to a show that you helped that was on your network and it was a flagship show let's be uh let's be keep it 100 right here uh thank you for being on keeping it 100 boom
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I missed you so much, I followed you today. That's right. Now close your mouth, because you cold busted. Now sit down here. Sit down here. So upset with you. Don't know what to do. My first impulse was to run up on you and do a Rambo. Whip out the jammy and flat blast both of you. But I ain't want to mess up this $3,700 Lynx coat. So instead, I chill. That's right. Chill. Then I went to the bank. Took out every dime. And then I went and canceled all those credit cards. All your charge counts. Yeah. I stuck you up every piece of jewelry I ever bought you. Yeah, that's right. Everything. Everything. Did fly with me. Nah, don't go, don't go, don't go looking in that closet. Because you ain't got nothing in there. Everything you came here with is packed up and waiting for you in the guest room. That's right. What was you thinking about? Huh? What are you trying to prove? Huh? This was the juice. I gave you silk suits, Gucci handbags, blue diamonds. I gave you things you couldn't even pronounce. Now I can't give you nothing but advice. But you're still young. That's right, you're still young. I hope you learned a valuable lesson from all this. You know? You're gonna find somebody like me one of these days. Until then, you know what you gotta do? You gotta get on out of here with that Alicat Cohen, Hush Puppy Shoe and Crumb Cake I saw you with. Cause you dismissed. That's right. Silly rabbit tricks are made for kids. Did you know that? You without me like cornflake without the milk. It's my world. You just a squirrel trying to get a nut. Now get on out here. That, don't touch that coat. Let me ask you a question. Because uh, I think this is a generational thing. 1,000%. Uh, Eric, do you think that our generation was less sensitive? Or do you think this generation is too sensitive and how do you walk that tricky tightrope when you've got a when you know you're putting something on twitter you're saying something on your podcast that may be inflammatory to others or may even get my cost you a job it's tricky now i mean there's certain things i won't talk about on my podcast because i know it's going to affect my bottom line you know i think we're probably financially one of the more successful podcasts out there according to conrad and the only way we're going to be able to maintain that is to, you know, we know where that line is. And, you know, I, I drop F-bombs all the time. That's no big deal. We talk about things. But, you know, I don't go near politics. I don't. I, I just don't. Not because I'm not a political person, but because it just it just it 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 
divides your audience yeah. in, in half automatically. And then people start getting outraged. And before you know it, your advertisers are finding out about it and they're reading hate mail and, you know, it ends up costing you money. And to answer your question, is it because people are far more sensitive now or we were far too unsensitive or insensitive? Yeah, yeah less sensitive. Uh, I, I, I think I think today's culture is being trained and conditioned to be super sensitive. They just are. Right. We live in an outrage culture and in a yeah. victimhood culture. Like they're coming after com- com- I mean, comedy. The, the, my whole thing with professional wrestling, comedy is for, they're attacking comedy, trying to cancel comedy if you do that the jokes aren't PC. And then the next thing that people are going to come after, I'm calling this right now, is violent and even simulated violent. You know, the but way he- this, just, you're just. There's just plenty of things that wrestling has now that people can complain about that they haven't started complaining about yet. And you just see the way the people are trained, the way we're educated, just they're, we're trained to just be outraged. And it's so weird because I'll give you an example that yesterday Disco retweeted something about some lady that she sat down with some guy on a date and four minutes in he was talking about some conservative Candace Owens she mentioned yeah. Candace Owens and the girl tweeted date over blocked oh, the guy's yeah. photo she's just by bringing him but like he, she, right. she, the guy brought me hey I like Candace Owens she sounds like she knows what she's talking and about and then so like for example I was watching this interview I don't know if you remember this it was very revelatory it was an interview remember back in the day uh, uh, Eric did you used to watch MTV in the embryonic stages like when Mark Goodman was a VJ and all that do you remember those guys or no Sure. Okay. So it was Mark Goodman in the 80s sitting down with David Bowie. And David Bowie's asking him, why don't you have more black artists on your show? And he's like, well, we don't know if that's going to work in Midtown America. He goes, I know who to work for, a black kid who likes black music or a person that likes black music. And then he goes, let me tell you what I don't like about... Uh, and then... uh um, Mark Goodman told him, here's a problem we're having. He says, what I don't like is when somebody hears that I like a certain music and they don't like me because of that. And I was almost thinking to myself, listen to this in 2020, that was already masticizing in the 80s until it is where it is now. You know what I'm saying? And I think it picked up steam in that, like, this has been going on for a little while already, and now is when it's actually kind of exploded. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? No, it makes sense. You know, and I think it's been going on throughout our, our culture. You know, I mean, you go back to the 50s and early 60s when Elvis Presley, you know, parents wouldn't let their kids go see Elvis Presley because they thought he was vulgar and he was singing, you know, what they considered to be black music. simulating sex, too. I mean, it's just, it's just, but now I think with social media, it's just, it's exacerbated it. Right. Now and instead of you know something taking its natural course in the in the public's eye and kind of dying a slow death now because of social media you can have millions of people jumping on a victim cause and right. creating a, a bunch of noise that you know ten years ago you couldn't do right because before it was just like you only saw it in the people that were around you, right? Right. So, like, I remember when I was in the military, there was, like, these guys that they just listened to, like, heavy metal music. They hated rap. All the rap guys hated all the rock guys. And it's like you were separated. You know what I'm saying? And it's just incredible to me how, how, um, how back then you would only see it, like, on my ship, right? Now, when you're on social media, it's out there exponentially. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, go back to uh, the No Limit Soldiers and the rap is crap, you know, angle we did. You know, I mean, you couldn't pull that off today. Yeah, that was very divisive. Yeah, that you, <laughs> I don't think it was at all. I mean, by I the way, think it was. We would we would we would laugh at it. 
Because it was funny. Rap is crap. They got a bunch of rednecks. No, but, the, rap but there were a lot of rednecks that didn't, didn't like that. For, you know, they were like, to, yeah, yeah. You know today what would happen. You do that, and it's just inflamed. Oh, these are racist and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, wait a second. This is I just thought this is funny. You know, it's like, I'm not going to – the thing is, like, we're having to uh, apologize for things that we thought were just basic general humor back in the day. And it's like people are looking back at, uh, at what the things that we thought was funny and think that we're bad people for thinking it was funny. It's like, guys, it's just – we're not bad people. It's just like there's this the culture – changed over the course of the past 20 years and the culture that we lived in was a little bit raw we lived in an era of sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me now we live in an era where people tell you words hurt and that's just that that's basically the gist of the society we live in it's just like this that's changed but that doesn't make us any like like bad people that that we rubber stamp that stuff back in the day you know it's like it's funny you know by the way conan i had uh, i had breakfast with master p about three weeks ago in new york <laughs> <laughs> he's still successful guy he's how still doing it? he's still how doing really well how did, how did you guys connect after all these years like for, for, you know that you guys had lunch he reached out he reached out nice isn't he promoting now like house of glory or something like that in new york or it's uh, he's a half owner or something like that i read yeah he's got a financial uh, financial interest in it uh don't know many details but it was just really, we were just hanging out socially. It was just a get together. And he gave me a call after he read that I was no longer in WWE and uh, said, Hey, you know, next but time we're in LA or how if cool is New that, York. right? Huh? How cool is that? No, it's great. And he's a super guy, very smart, very super. successful, and he's got a good instinct. Yes. 1000%. Let me ask you a question, uh, uh, Eric. Uh, have you watched any movies lately or read any books lately? Anything out there that, that's caught your eye that you want to see? Yeah. I mean, I watched uh, the two that I've watched recently Joker, I've seen twice. Um, the writer for Joker, Scott Silver, is a friend of mine. Uh, and I know Todd Phillips, the director. Um, so I, I had to go see that and it was so amazing that I had to see it again yeah. it twice. And the other one that I saw twice that I really dug is a Quentin Tarantino movie called once, once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's worth checking out because it, it was a really interesting take on history, you know, uh, something that actually happens with a whole happened with a whole entirely different ending and twist on it. Yeah. And really, really, really well done. Yeah. I saw that. I saw both movies. I liked both of them. Um, big fan of the Joker, big fan of the scene with Robert De Niro because that came out of nowhere. Uh, what was the ending, Joe, that we were kind of trying to figure out the ending? Do you remember? Oh, in Joker, whether or not uh, he imagined it all, where at the end he's in there telling the, telling his story, but he kind of uh, it was kind of an illusion or whatever. You know, Do you but, think at the end he was imagining that or that was happening? I mean, I, I, the way I took it, it was actually happening. Right. Now, now, I've been reading um, about a sequel coming out. So right. there may, may, may be another Joker movie. Let me tell you, Eric, something I'm not a big fan of. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of directors who take the cheap way out all of the Sopranos and they say it's up for interpretation. No, 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 no. Don't interpret nothing for me. Give me an ending. I understand what the fuck happened. I don't like movies where I have to. It's up to my, you know what I'm saying? I like. like you write good, the finish. Right. Give me yeah. a finish. You know, like the, I didn't like the ending of the sopranos for example and, and i can give you some other examples of movies like that yeah no dexter i think is famous for that as well there's a there's a there's a lot of them unfortunately but i think that goes back to what we were talking about before is paint your picture with big broad strokes and bright colors so that the audience can get it and they they know what the finish is they know what the ending is don't 
like you say, Conan, take the easy way out and leave it vague because you can't right. come up with a good ending. Right. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's like a, that's a, that's a fucking DQ finish all day long. Yes. 1000%. Uh, something that, that, um, just occurred to me as we were speaking, uh, Eric, what is, what is now, what are you looking at doing now? Will you be doing podcasting? Do you think you'll be working for another company? Do you, uh, what do you think you'll be doing now? Well, I'm going to keep the podcast going as long as it's working for everybody. Um, and I enjoy doing it. So that'll, that'll probably be in my future for quite a while. Um, I'm resurrecting a couple television projects that I had in development prior to going to WWE. I kind of put them on ice. How about the old idea that we had uh, hanging off of Scott Bale's single at 46, Disco single at uh, what are 40, 52, 52. Okay. I mean, how interesting, look, I I mean, how interesting is watching what any 52 year old does. (laughs) (laughs) What's at the most largest strip club? That could be interesting. There there you go. You know what Disco told me, which is kind of telling. He says back in the day, after the show, if I went to the locker room and said, hey, who wants to come to Sapphire? That would have been full of the boys. Nowadays, nobody goes. How incredible is that? Like, yeah, he went to AEW went to Vegas. He said none of the boys were there. Yeah, right? none of the fans either. Unbelievable. Like, like bro, there's, there's wrestling shows in town, and, and nobody's going out to, to the strip clubs after the show. I, 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 I think it's I, – I find that fascinating. I'm, I'm like, you know, a, a, a target market that you would think, like, okay, all these people are going to be coming to, to, the, to the strip club after the show. Nobody. And right. just, just How wild weird. is that? Can you imagine yeah. the animals that we were in the 90s? I mean, <laughs> there would have probably been more of the boys in there than the actual clients, you know? Yeah, I try to put all that out of my mind. Yeah, <laughs> change. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of funny to, you know, that you lived in that era. We lived in that era where everybody, hey, let's go party, strip clubs, all that. Very wild era, which unfortunately took a lot of our, you know, brothers from us to how it is now. It's very tranquil compared to how we were. You know? Yeah, it's funny. The last time I went to a strip club, and I can't even remember how long ago it was. It was in Vegas. I remember. It must have been ten years ago, maybe longer. Yeah. And I walked in, and I looked around, and I went. Wow! Every one of these dancers looked like they could be my daughter's friend. Right? I, I felt I felt so old and creepy and crusty. I was like, eh, I'm not doing this anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, hey, let me ask you this too. I want to get this. Uh, um, you you told the story on a. Uh, um, the 83 recent Conrad about the, the Tony Khan thing and the Madden with the roast and stuff and all that. And I saw I saw uh, Meltzer try to take a shot at you on Twitter, basically saying that like you know trying to call you out saying your your story is not accurate. I just want to verify that I I heard from the source of this story what like immediately after it happened. Your version of the story is correct. Okay, you know, so it's funny. We're getting called. You're getting called lying. When I see you getting called called out for lying, I'm like, no, no, no. That he's got the right story here. Like, you know, so, so, let's, so somebody so, else owes so, apology. You know? So here's the difference, and I was going to respond to to that. Maybe I will at some point tomorrow or the next day when I get a little more time. But here's <laughs> when you have trolling time. He, yeah, <laughs> here here's here's the difference between Meltzer and myself. Number one, I'm going to name my source. Meltzer never does. He just says, I have sources. He never names anybody. My source was Mark Madden. Mine too. Mark <laughs> Madden is the one that told me what went down. And by the way, that's not secondhand or thirdhand or fourthhand, the way Dave relies on, on the information. That was firsthand. Yeah. Oh, and here's another difference, Dave. 
I was in the fucking room. Dave writes about stuff that's happening 1,500 miles. He's not even in the freaking room. And he, he, he takes a position that, that he knows exactly what's going on and, and, and you know, puts it out there as news. I was in the freaking room. Mark Madden is the one that told, told me about the incident. I made it clear when I was talking, uh, I think it was on after 83 weeks on my YouTube channel. I said, you know, I was standing way in the back of the room. I didn't see any of it go down. I made that very clear. But my source, the in the first person, Mark Madden, who was there and involved in it, is the one that relayed the story to me. That's the difference between myself and Dave, is I'll name my sources, and generally I don't talk about things unless I was in the room. Yeah. Right, and that's the difference between, you know, all these so-called now wrestling experts who I see them sometimes fighting with wrestling. I'm like, hey, motherfucker, you've never even been in the business. You, you're not backstage. You don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, that's almost like me. I'm a humongous, you University of Miami football fan, like humongous. I wouldn't go over there and try to tell the coach how to do his job because he's there. He knows the players that come on time, who has an attitude issue, who's injured, who works with, you know what I'm saying? He's there. He's hands on, not me. You know what I'm saying? No, and I think, you know, that's always been my bitch, you know, with wrestling writers. And I do have to say, and there's a lot of them now that I think are really good. They're actually professional in, in terms of the way they, they approach their business. Um, Ryan uh, Satin, I think, does a great job. He's tried to source. He's reached mm -hmm. out to me to confirm or deny stories. Sean he actually, that. yep. There's and even Wade Keller, you know, and 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 Dave Shear and Mike Johnson, hey, guys. Let me ask you one question right off the bat: Have you heard? And you haven't lived till you have. Have you heard Wade Keller trying to do promos for WWE? No. Can you find well, one of those, Joe? Honestly, just, just yeah. so Eric, on, on, on that Russo show, he does the cash rate of the Mark scene, so they'll play clips of Keller cutting promos for guys. So one of the fans, superimposed, took the actual interviews of the wrestlers and did it with Wade's voice speaking the, speaking the promo. It's literally one of the funniest things you've ever seen, because the promos are terrible. You know, so it's like Wade, because Wade does not cut good promos for wrestlers. I mean, I don't know, I don't know if you've heard some of his takes on this, but it's very generic and boring, right? And so they, there's this guy that posts these videos on on uh, what what a Vimeo or whatever it is, uh, just the the, the promos. They're they're really hysterical. But I'll, I'll have Joe send you one, and just like if you you can look, it's it's really funny. Some of the funniest things I've seen. Love to. If, yeah, if you find one, Joe, before uh, Eric gets off, so he can hear it, because they're usually short. You'll pop. Um, yeah. uh. Eric, while he's finding that, what, what, what do you got going on? What do you want to plug? What's going on with you? Well, I'm just taking a couple months off. I'm hanging down here with my kids um, right. for the holidays and then probably heading back to Wyoming sometime in January or February. I've got some travel coming up, uh, some things that I'm doing. I've got a movie I'm working on with, with Netflix that'll hopefully start getting uh, uh, heated up here. What are you writing out of your, what are you doing? Producing. Producing. All right. right. Can you give any details? Um, no, I better not. It's a, okay. it's a Netflix movie. It's uh well, you know, I can tell you what's already been put out there. Um, right. it was in Hollywood reporter, I think back in February. Uh, it's a Hulk Hogan, uh, biopic, biopic, right. take your right. pick. Right. Um, the director is Todd Phillips. The writer is Scott Silver from Joker. Okay. Oh, really? wow. Chris, Chris, Chris Hemsworth is, um, uh, I'm going to play Hulk Hogan, but beyond what was in that press wow. release, I can't really talk about it. All right. That's cool. That, that'll be very interesting. I'm sure very successful. Um, anything else? 83 weeks. What, what else? 83 weeks is still going strong. I mean, you know, I'm going to talk to Conrad, you know, after the holidays. In fact, I may talk, I'm going to go up to a Christmas party at, at the uh, Conradison in December. <laughs> 
That's my <laughs> wife. And uh, I may talk to him there. But we're, we're actually talking about launching a second podcast, completely different than 83 Weeks. Right. I don't, I don't want to dilute, you know, that, that property because it's doing really well for us. But I'm exploring perhaps a second podcast. It would be completely different. I would like to say that Conrad is a jolly old fellow. He's great. <laughs> yeah. He's great. He's, he, is. he definitely he plays is. Santa Claus. I mean, he, he, he dresses up as Santa Claus each, each year, right? I imagine he's got to. He looks like a perfect Santa Claus. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a great friend. He's really smart. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful to be working with him. I'll tell you what, the, the one thing I was impressed with him is how he just came in and started, like, figuring out ways to make money doing this. Well, that's you what know? he's really- like, that's he, what he's really smart he about. Helped, he helped. We 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 had a conference call with him and said, "Hey, bro, what what are you doing on page? How are you doing this?" It's like we, you know, because we're green. You know, the uh, podcast is. You know, we're, we're greenhorns in it. You know, we just come on and tell the stories of it. But to actually try to make make money doing this and make make as much as we can, he he's the one that set us in the right direction. Like he plus, you know, he's, plus he did he's a great job in the room right now. You know. He- Plus, he did a great job with StarCast, and he's always wants to help. He's not one of these guys that, you know what you know what I'm saying? There's some people that help everybody and some guys that don't help anybody, and he wants to help everybody and see everybody do good. So everybody pays it forward to him, too. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you find that, Joe? Did we waste enough time for you to find that? Looks like they took the account down again. There's nothing. Uh, okay. <laughs> we will send, I will have Joe, because Joe, I think, edits 83 weeks, right, Joe? Yes, I will have Joe send it to your email, uh, Eric, so you can check that out and yeah. just send, send us a message if you thought it was funny or not. Yeah, it's just you got it. And I want one more thing, man. I want to thank you very much. I know in the past, you and me always used to clash heads a lot because we're both uh, hard-headed there. But uh, I appreciate you a lot now. As I, as you get older, you know how it is, Eric. You appreciate everything more than them when you're younger and i just appreciated working for you and being with you in wcw thank you for saying that conan i feel the same way i enjoy talking with you and seeing you and, and disco i like to bust your balls as often as i possibly can because it's such good material but <laughs> but but nothing nothing but respect for you guys thank you very much hey, same well, same thing eric thank you very much for being on keeping it 100 boom see you man and now it's time once again for the disco inferno Song pick of the week.
get the, the the letters here. There's not a lot today, too. It's a holiday edition of the letters. We're giving people a holiday from the uh, from the excessive amount of letters that usually are gracious. Everybody, you know, I'm wondering, there's not a lot of letters this week. Joe, did you exclude any letters, or did you send me all of them? You got them all. Interesting. Do you do that every week? You send me just all of them? Yeah, unless there's something that's absolutely, uh, totally unreadable or... You know, illiterate, you know, that kind of thing. So, But you include the ones that's huge. Well, yeah, when they're literate, when they're, when they're readable, rather. Okay, the next one's from Huge <laughs> Get the kazoo ready for this. If just let me just say one thing before you read this. If in any way, shape, or form he's putting over a show that it's on Spreak or anything like that, or inviting me to the show, do not read that or ban the letter completely. <laughs> so continue. Okay, subject is Disco is avoiding my question. Third week in a row I'm asking this. Maybe this time we get we might get Disco to answer. Hey Disco, name a matchup from the current AWA roster that can sell out arena. Based on photos every week, the arenas are clearly not even close to sold out. Also, Conan, thank you for the anniversary party you threw for me to celebrate my first year as an official NWO member. You truly are a great friend and it's 100% legit just like Vampiro and his old co-host. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you hear the other fake laughter by Joe? Yeah. yeah. So Not now funny you're, now you're at starting, all. Now you're starting, throw, Joe, why are you doing that? Why, why are you openly laughing at stuff that's not funny? I just and people know it's not picked funny. it up. Now you're starting to recognize it. Jesus oh, we've, we've been recognized a long um, time. <laughs> well, I mean, the matchups are like you know, Kenny Omega versus Moxley. Moxley. They're not doing another pay-per-view until March, though. So yeah, and that's, I don't, yeah. Th- that looks like it's going to be Moxley versus Jericho, which to me is the top match that they could do right now. I mean, Moxley was on top of WWE all those years. Let's take advantage of it, right? Why does he always bury AEW? Because that, that seems to be a trend with him. I just don't think he likes it. Probably because they're well, fans. Obviously, are, yeah. but I, I mean, wanted that's to if you were going to give me that answer, I wouldn't have asked. Or he's, yeah, of he's, course he doesn't like it. He's soliciting a reason. He's soliciting AEW answers and comments, which he then places on the YouTube because the AEW fans are the ones that get most likely uh, whipped up into a frenzy if it's something negative. So AEW yeah. clips get the most attention. That is true. Uh, next is up from Jorge Menendez. It's uh, so- Jorge. <laughs> George Menendez, if right. we're using layman's terms in English. Okay. The subject is, subject is Disco Inferno Roast. Hello, everyone. Long-time listener. First time asking a question. But at the end of 2019, almost here, I have an idea for a New Year's special show. The Roast of Disco Inferno. I'd pay 100%, I would 100% pay to watch people roast and bury him for an hour straight. Just a thought. Thank you for the show and keeping me sane while I'm at the office booth. Sure, do you think we could do a pay-per-view out of Disco Inferno Roast? Uh, absolutely 100%. I think we could do An that. IPPV? Yeah. Who would you guys get on? Who, who would you invite? For Disco Roast, uh, Raven, uh, mm-hmm. experienced stand-up comedian, of course. Uh, I would try to get what? Mr. Uh, AEW champion Chris Jericho. Uh, Simon Diamond, I would try to get. Shark Boy, for sure. Uh, Vince Russo and Jeff Lane. I think that's a pretty good lineup. Uh, Grapplers 1 through 8 and yeah. Cyrus. And Cyrus, <laughs> Cyrus, of course, yeah. You would get the grapplers one through eight to come out yeah. of those. <laughs> they've been banned. They've been banned from Twitter, unfortunately. The grapper, grapplers, as far yeah, as bro, I know. Just a, just a, a, a bunch of marsh. marsh. Yeah, they don't exist. Yeah, just I mean, it's just unbelievable with these guys. Vince I, is all upset about it. Late, oh, the grapplers are done. Like, uh. like good. These guys are idiots. The next one is from Stacy Williams. Interesting. The subject is put a leash on your bitch, Conan. Whoa. Which one? Conan. Love the master public minute. That is how I catch up on the Lucha World Wrestling World News, rumors, and history. Do you think it would be better if a choker chain was put on an old bitch DI so I can hear <laughs> exciting Lucha stories uninterrupted? Every time he interrupts, give it a jerk so he chokes and shuts him up. This would be inhuman to do to a canine, but DI, it'd be okay. 
<laughs> wow. Also, would accept DIB muted after he groans or calls fake news as the Lucha update is his favorite segment. Realizing Keepin' 100 takes orders or directions from no one, and to prove that I'm serious and not a little bitch like DI, I will pledge to donate $20 an episode to Conan's charity of choice for the month of December. Total of $80 for every episode that DI is choked or muted. During the massive public event, I challenge all Keepin' 100 listeners to meet or beat this pledge of the muting wow. or choking DI during my beloved lucha update always classy since 1970 mr stacy williams bro that's fine you get this thing up to you know if you can get 50 people to pay right. 20 bucks right you know just just forward to shut that, you up just <laughs> right. send that right to my account and just you know what is this I'll, person's I'll, name i'll mute myself the whole show stacy williams no. are you gonna shout this guy out but wasn't that a woman that one time i <laughs> thought i thought stacy Cause she, cause I remember she would put something like "always classy Stacy Williams." What? Huh? Is this a hello? Yeah, I thought it was a woman before. Does it say Mister at the end there? Yeah, I thought it did. Yeah, Mister mm. Stacy Williams. Mister Stacy. Wait, 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 wait. I just want to make sure. Does it say Mister Stacy Williams? Yeah. Okay, that's. I just want to make sure because even though I'm in Turkmenistan, or Mister Stacy Williams. Okay, oh. so I think that the lady Stacy Williams' his wife listens to the show, and you pissed this guy off so much he had to write in, which I think that's awesome. That could be yeah <laughs> okay the next day is next one is from uh hkgr uh subject is subject today's fans slut shaming the women in wrestling of your generation i've noticed a lot of fans ridiculing the way previous divas dress and acted and wrestled negatively comparing them to those in today's wwe what's wrong with hot women looking hot Stacey Keeblenrod not been a great wrestler, but she was must-see TV, which is more than I can say about any of the current female wrestlers. Not watch the women's revolution for the same reason I don't watch the WNBA. Biology dictates there are things that men can do in the ring that these women are physically incapable of. It is an inferior product. Anyone denial about this should look at what often happens when a mediocre trans athlete starts competing against women. Total domination. P.S. Uh, F Notre Dame football. F their delusional, cute, cultish fans. F the Irish, except Hughesy. F- wait, 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 what? <laughs> F the Irish, except Hughesy. No, no. No, 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 including him, all right? Oh. <clears throat> F. Lou Holtz, and most of all, F. Pat Simon Diamond Kenny for wow. stupidly complaining to NBC how they're not showing the proper respect to the, quote, most iconic brand, unquote, in college football. Wait, 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 wait. Does this guy tweet something to NBC? Pat, Pat is he, he's always complaining that, like, you know, that no, 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 but he like must have tweeted something. Tweet. But didn't the guy just say that he complained to NBC? Um, no, he's F. Pat Kenny for complaining to NBC. Right, so he must have put a tweet up. To yeah, MC, complain, yeah. We're he not putting that, right. It's as if they don't but come sh- out on TV enough. All right. But, but shout out to yeah, <clears throat> shout out to J Dog and his creative control brethren Huji, who is made a full member of the NWO by Easy E one year ago. In honor of this momentous occasion, maybe Conan will go on his fellow NWO members podcast and list his top five favorite Prince songs. Where I come from, for life means something. Well, this guy just talked about what we've already talked about before. I mean, a lot of people, you know, I mean, a lot of guys don't like the women's wrestling. I mean, you know, I don't know. Yeah, Let's but see. if you say that out loud, you're a misogynist or you're a fucking chauvinist. No, I, I, call, I, I don't know. I don't know. Here's the thing. It's 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 misogynist to, to place the woman in a special category. To me, if you want inclusivity, then they then all the criticism, everything about women's wrestling get, gets treated the same way as against men's wrestling. Meaning, like if the match sucks, it sucks, and I'm allowed to say it sucks. Right. But there's this thing like you know, if it's this like women's wrestling wants inclusivity without the inclusion of fa- uh, fair fan. criticism. Yeah. Right. Exactly. We want to be everything just like you paid the same. We want to be. Uh, that's cool, bro. I'm a, I'm a humongous fan of women's, uh, you know, 
if you're good, it doesn't matter if you're a woman, whatever you are, you know, what nationality, what gender, what religion, none, none of that doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Talent is talent. But at the end of the day, if you're not going to be subjected to the same criticisms of everybody else and don't complain. Here, here's the thing, too. If you're a women's wrestler, okay, and you're getting a mid-card pop, okay, like the other mid-card wrestlers, okay, and you're not getting the main event pop like the main event wrestlers are, then don't think just because, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like every performer of professional wrestling, we usually judge them, at least the promoters do, by fan response and ticket sale. If women score well in those metrics, then fine. We'll credit you for that, but but they're not, you know, you can sit there and say, well, you must be doing something wrong, specifically for your character or something. If you're not, you know, if you're if either your wrestling's not good or you're not, you're just not getting the fans. So it's like, you know, every, and that's the thing. I, I think there's this thing saying, like, people think that, like, if, if there's a women's wrestler that's, like, getting the biggest pop on the show, I don't think any promoter would try to, would, would, would look at that character and say, like, Okay, hey, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take her down a notch. No, you just try to like you keep pushing the character, you keep pushing the stuff and all that, you know. And what happens is the only the problem with the women's wrestlers, okay, is that when you have a, a really good women's wrestler and she has to program with the other wrestlers and stuff and thing, some of the wrestlers she's programming aren't near as good as she is. And what happens is they go out there and their match suffer. And what happens is is your performance gets critiqued unfairly sometimes because you're wrestling against you know what I'm saying. Well, like like look look at Tessa's Blanchard for nobody. Tell me this. Would you agree that Tessa Blanchard's best matches that she's had have been her intergender matches? Huh. Uh, probably. Yeah, the match okay. with Sammy that, got raised. Bro, let me, that let should me tell, tell you, you all you really need to know. I'm going to tell you something even more. What I almost always do when I want a girl to really look good is I usually put it in with another guy. And I'm going to tell you why. Because most women don't know, aren't strong enough, or they haven't been trained right how to catch another girl when right. she does a dive from the outside or when they have to base them. If you've ever, like, picked up a woman, they're back. very light. They're, they're, their bone density isn't like a man. So, like, right. when other guys are basing him, they base mm-hmm. him way better. And the woman even goes with a lot of confidence. Because a lot of times I'll tell a girl, why didn't you do that dive? And she goes, oh... I'm afraid she's not going to catch me. They never say that when I say I'm going to put a guy in there. Right. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. and let me tell you, one of the biggest secrets to Lucha Underground, which people didn't notice, it wasn't so much that Sexy Star was that good or any of the girls were that good at that time was because the guys were so great and they made them look better than they really were. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, once Taya came in, she was already seasoned. And she was the first girl to me that really could bring it. But, um, you know, especially in Sexy Star's case, she was definitely helped by the great basing of the other guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, Didn't it say something in there that the, the women from our era were slut-shamed because of how they dressed or something like that? Is it? Then I well, hear that. There's, there's, there's people, like, they're, they're talking about, you know, like Sable and all these girls, like, you know. Oh, that's to me. You know how it is. The right. typical art generation was horrible. The, you know, that's the typical stuff. Um, but yet, but yet, but yet, when you look at Impact, every time they did the Scarlet Smoke Show or whatever it was called, more people were talking about that than any other female on the yeah, show. Yeah, exactly. And that's a, that's that's a, that's a, that's something you just can't ignore. Which doesn't mean everything has to be sexy, but you can have some sex appeal. And you can have some great women's wrestling. You, you know of what course. I'm saying? And if it's drawn and getting good good responses, it's, right. it's obviously a good part of your show. So what actually? So so it's, it's it's detrimental to the business to try to suppress things like that because you don't think it did. It makes women look good. Also, well, I'm sorry. I don't care if it doesn't make women look good or whatever. The character she's portraying is getting over doing that. So she's going to continue to do that. You hey, know man, that, a lot right. of women have made a great fortune off of sex appeal. So, right. you know, they're being well, paid. 
that, and that's the one thing that women in this business have over the guys. Right. Like you can draw right. on sex appeal. We can't. Right. You know, say we're just like a bunch of guys. You, bunch of, you can you know, the women, and the guys are like guys. But, but still, the target market is mainly males. So that's like you know we're not going. What are you trying to do? Drug gay guys? You know what we're trying to do? So. Bro, our best okay, rate, some of our best ratings, just let me just say this last thing. Some of our best ratings this year in Mexico were because of women on the show. Okay, mm -hmm. that was number one. And number two, I don't need to tell you, Scarlett Bordeaux had the most viewed video of AAA of the year. I yeah. think it's up to 34 million. Oh, yeah. Okay. Think yeah. about yeah. that. It's like a tenth of the, of the United States of America, 10% of the country. That's how, that's how many people that is. Check for the options Know that I'm not out here choosy No, I ain't letting no option Ain't no adoption You know I'm yours Don't you give up on the kid Look, this wasn't planned But you still my baby You should pull up to the crib Look, I got so much I can give Yeah, still trying to give you no choice Yeah, I don't know nothing about crying But how about some loving up in this Rolls Royce oh, hold up. If you curb me, mind your business Just know this how find your friend is <laughs> Nah I hate that choosy ass shit. I do. Yeah, he tried to talk to me as shit. For real? Just wanna do me, that's it. That's it. They gassing up rumors and shit. Skirt. Well, they gotta catch me in traffic. I'll be your number one draft pick. Just gotta choose me. Choose it, choose it, choose it, choose it. Choose it. Choose it, 
choose it, choose it, you choose it. You hit me deep down in my heart, I select you. Number one, nobody fits yes, you. You're worthy, I cannot lie. You're deserving, I can't deny. Nobody get nobody to give you love. Yeah. Nobody get nobody to give you love. Yeah. Hold you down, hold you down. Oh, yeah. Believe it, I'ma hold you down. Yeah. And if I tell you, say I love you. Girl, I'm with you. Girl, I'm with you. The Middle East, Russia, Canada, worldwide. Loso, DeVito, Jeremiah had to let them all know. We got them choosy, choosy. We got them choosy, choosy. Okay, yo, DI, what do you got going on? Where, where can people find you? What days are you training in Vegas? What up? Boom. Uh, you catch me at the Disco on Twitter, at Disco Master GG on Instagram and Snapchat. Catch me at Lions, Tigers, Bears, and Disco, the show. I, I, call, I, I got Jeff Lane really flustered on the show last week. I heard week. that today. Why? Because <laughs> we were talking about the moral stuff, okay? And Jeff supposedly does like two hours of prep on the show each week. And I'm like, how is that possible? I'm like, because, like, you know, he goes, well, he talks about always having to find the articles. I'm like, bro, this takes me 10 minutes. I right. actually can find stuff while I'm doing the show. Like, right. So, so he had this stuff ready for uh, for Moro, and I said, well, you know, I, I brought up the, the Frank Shamrock. Well, well, I go, well, read the Frank Shamrock tweet. And he's like, well, I should read the Frank Shamrock tweet. I go, because they're relevant. He says he's Moro's manager, and he t- like, tweeted some shade of Corey, Corey Graves, you know? Right. I go, I go, find, I go find, find those tweets. And he's fumbling around, and I'm like, he's getting flustered for some reason. I go, bro, I go, just just go look on Twitter and search Frank Shamrock. I go, here, let me do it. And I went, I did it in like four seconds, right. and I pulled up the tweet. <clears throat> and he was like, I go, why did it take you so uh, – like you, why was that so difficult? And he got, he just got like really defensive, really flustered. Did you, did you, did you hear that exchange, Joe? Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. But what was yeah. he saying? What, what, what was he saying that he would? Because he was trying to say the Frank Shamrock stuff was not relevant. Like his of course take it's was relevant. that he was, he did all this prep on the show. Right. And I got it. Like, hey, he has it all covered. I brought this stuff up that he missed, and he got got flustered. That's what it sounded like, you know. Right. And um, and then Vince had the puppet out there, like pretending that I was talking to was the puppet. So Vince, I think, is trying to groom the puppet to take my place on that show. <laughs> um. Uh. Also, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Let me just say one thing. This is for our boy Jeff Lane. I read this thing the other day where he wrote he was going back and forth with some person over the N word, I believe. Okay. Oh, then he says, "Well, do you remember that, Joe?" No, no, no. no, no. But here's, that's... here's what the guy was saying. The, uh, the guy was talking about the end. Like, first of all, Warren Throne, it, it was not a racist take. Right. And the guy was trying to say, oh, couple, like, because here's the thing. I, I think the guy had brought up that on, uh, that, and just in passing comment, like, we were talking about, like, um, with Cornette. It was like that topic of conversation. And I was like, you know, he had said the joke, and I said, it's not like he, and I, and I said, I said, it's not like he said the N word. Mm-hmm. I go, I go, you know, and then just, in passing, we just, like, if, 
just a passing comment. And I, I said, like, even though it's repeated in, in hip hop songs ad nauseum, like, like it's nobody's business, you know, like this. You know what I'm saying? I just brought, all I brought up was like, you know, hey, he didn't bring up the N word, but like, you know, we hear the N word a lot. You know, and it's right. like, oh, and the, Randy, the Randy Orton thing, that's what it was. Okay. Because the Tony kind of brought up the, 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 the my nigga stuff that, that, that right. Randy Orton said, right? And I was just talking about, like, I, I brought, we didn't even have a conversation about it. I just brought up, like, you know, like I will always, I will always argue this. I do not. This is my opinion. Of, you know, we we can argue this, but I just don't like. I don't want to hear the N word. Period. Even if black people are saying it, that, because if it's that offensive, what, why is it repeated? Why is it you know? At the, that, that's to me personally, does that make sense? That's it. And I'll just argue that that's <clears> my <throat> take on it. So this guy like tweeted like. Oh, it's good to see uh, some white guy telling us when we can and can't use the N word. And I, I'm like, no, we didn't really say it like that. But if you want to argue that, I'm not be happy to argue that with you. I just think it's you know, like, and so we got we started arguing with this guy on Twitter over that. And I said, well, not this is not a racist take. They go, I'm telling you that I don't like hearing the word either. I think we should cancel the word. What's wrong with that? Right. You know, if, if the word is so offensive, why don't we just cancel the N word? Because that's not an unreasonable take that said, you know, but people have their excuses for why we shouldn't say. And I'm like, okay, well, still you're not canceling the word and you're calling it offensive that to me is a paradox that I, that I don't understand you know what I'm saying it's just it's, it's like you're making excuses for one group of people is allowed to say it another group of people isn't allowed to say it but the people that tell them the other people you're not allowed to say it they, do, what if they have, don't want to hear it either from you anybody have, you may have a point in there but at the end of the day um, we all know the connotation behind it and how her foot was used to degrade people and I think the African American said alright we're going to now take this word that you use against us for so long we'll call each other that but you can't say shit that, that's kind of, fine yeah. and I, okay. I agree with okay. that but, that, but, but that's, the other, just... that's the other wait wait and there might be uh, another Italian could call another Italian a WAP or whatever and maybe if you heard somebody else say you'd get offended because he's not Italian I mean there's a lot of other little sentiments that yeah. here's one thing that's kind of that's evolved with that word okay right. is that the my the n-i-g-g-a right is kind of a more acceptable term and kind of white people can say that if you have black friends if they, you know what i'm saying it's kind right. of like you can it's if enough of people are cool around you that you know would have been offended by the n-i-g-g-e-r but they let you say the n-i-g-g-a right. and if they're using that word it's like it's okay that's acceptable right. but it's that's always- like a but that's not acceptable to everybody. It's just that group of people right, that you right. you talk yeah, like that. Because you know? like in in that thing, which was the point I was going to get to, Jeff Lane goes, "Oh yeah, when I was in college, you know, we'd all put a, a hip hop song. Everybody would be, uh, you know, grooving to the beat or whatever, and you'd say the word." Nobody would say anything. And I was I was like, well, yeah, nobody would say anything because one of two things were going on there. Either these African-Americans are like nerds and didn't give a fuck or they were your friends. So you're getting a friend passed. Mm-hmm. You just can't go and say that shit anywhere. You know what well, I'm saying? Here's the, thing, here's the thing. Are you allowed to sing? If you're a white guy, okay, are you allowed to, with the, the song is being played, are you allowed to sing that song out loud if it's got that word in it? I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> it's okay. So the, the, to me, that's just that's why I think this whole this this whole thing around it is just so confusing to me. I just don't get it. You yeah. Know, here's the thing. It's like if we're going to continue, bro. Just talk be, about listen, how listen, listen, this word is. Instead of, instead like, of <clears> listen, really, instead, I don't use it. Wait, wait. Look. Instead of tiptoeing around it. 
and being confused. Just don't fucking say the fucking word and you won't have no problem. If African-Americans want to keep using that word, that's their fucking prerogative. And if they don't want us, I say it all the time, bro. I say it all the time. LAX says it all the time because we're around those type of people, right? That you can say it, but we don't really, you know, it's just not something that a white person is going to say because that's not. I'm more of that, but but this is what I'll say. And this, this is a question I would ask to yeah. somebody that has a position. What about the white people right. that are saying, you know, that, that are demonized? You know, you know how it's called the, the white social justice words that always like to take up for black people? You right. know, when there's racist right. kids. Like, like Kevin Gill. Okay, but here's the thing. If you're going to, if a white person is going to use that and other white people are going to call that person out and say, you know, that that's racist, you know, that, that we would all agree with. Because, but, but, but here's the thing with racism these days. It's pretty much understood when we see it. Because we right. blast it all over the news. Everybody chimes. It's like racism right. is kind of obvious in obvious situations, okay? But what do you say to the people that, like, the white people that, that are telling, like, hey, don't don't use that word? It's like, and they're like, hey, we kind of don't want to hear this word either. You know, we're, we're telling the other white people they shouldn't be using I, this bro, word. I've never heard I don't want to listen I, to it either. So kind of just what it's – I think it's insensitive to the people that are trying to stick up for their cause that are demonizing people that use that word. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I just – I, bro, the word should be canceled. We should not. That word should just be out of the vocabulary, out of our culture, so nobody has to say it. I mean, if it's that offensive, that's what we should do. Okay, but if other people want to keep it alive, that's fine. But I'm just saying, my, my argument seems more plausible. An offensive word should not be heard by anybody if it's that offensive. That I think that makes a lot of sense. I just don't All think right. there's any comparison to that word, though. And like Conan said, if 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 black guys want to take it back and you and say it to each other because now they want to own the word, then that's not really that's just up to them. But I, I also I don't think there's another slur like that that other groups use in that way. I could be wrong. Like the gay guys use the f word when they talk to each other. You know what I mean? Or I just I just don't think there's anything similar to it. It's in its own category. You know? Right. Yeah. No. It's just a weird. It's it's a it's, it's a weird word. All right. Oh. Next thing is uh you can also catch me at Future Stars of Wrestling FSW Vegas on Twitter and Facebook. Um, you can also catch me uh at Sapphire. Jones Jones Club, world's largest. Oh, Kamala Harris dropped out. How about that? What is she? Really? It's true. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what was she doing there? No, she dropped. She was in the presidential race. She yeah, dropped she, out. She, she I know, but she was campaign. in Sapphires. No, I'm, I, I just saw this on Twitter as I'm giving the drops. <laughs> oh yeah, she dropped out. She goes, oh, yeah, because no, I'm yeah, not she, a billionaire. No, no, no. So, yeah, she, she just applied to Sapphire. <laughs> <laughs> but she was like. Uh, no, no, because I was reading. She goes, "Oh, I'm not a billionaire, and I can't pay my own thing." But I did. Re- I did. I don't know if you read this. Like some of her, this guy on her staff, who headed her staff, says, "I've been part of three presidential campaigns. This is the worst run, and and very disrespectful wow. to all the staff members." Right. And, and, and all oh, of a sudden, now she's dropping out the next day. Right. Mm. <laughs> a lot of negative press came out about her campaign. Yeah. And now she's claiming I can't raise right. five million dollars in two right. weeks. And one of the biggest things was where she was jailing people for smoking weed. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And they're laughing about it. They're in you see how well Budacek is doing, and and the other guy, the, the well, here's the thing. What's his name? Yan Yang. What's his name? Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang. I love that guy. Coming across is very. The the other people sound nuts. Right. They sound intelligent. Right. Like you know, like like they're coming across as the smartest people in the room, and they are. And that's why they're gaining traction because like a lot of these socialist stuff and everything says so much nonsense that people just so much stuff that's easy to criticize is the problem. They've said tons of stuff that's easy to criticize, and Buttigieg and Yang haven't really. You know, they're, they're they're coming across as sensible. You know. No, right. Uh, so at Sapphire Gentleman's Club, if you dial 702-303-3430, mention my name when you call. We'll send you a free limited pickup, get you in for free, and get you a free drink. It's a savings about $90 per person. How about that? 
Well, let me let everybody know that if you go to Sapphire, don't just run up on DI and start chopping it up. There is a protocol that goes a little something like this. Boom. You can talk to them one to three minutes. If you put them over additional time, if you're not annoying and you tell them you've got it like that, um, there will be no direct eye contact. A $20 handshake gets you an autographed picture another round. If you're drunk and or obnoxious or don't put them over, you will hear this. Can you one here from the front door to back reception? At which point you can tell them you go, girl, because they are kicking you out or you're getting 86 which is permanent removal joe yes sir hugs are back on the table Ooh, that's very nice okay uh now this is for uh for gentlemen callers uh no more topless menu but this is on the secret menu and bro this is this is to come this is in commemoration of you growing up in the south and in commemoration of the uh ministry about your life and lifestyle queen of the south season three all right the hand job of the week joe is coleslaw and baked beans boom that's and you can <laughs> Wait a minute. You can witness this in 3D or virtual reality. Wow. Unfortunately, Joe, and I know you ask about this a lot, yeah. 3D glasses, VR goggles are not included, but this is from 3 to 5 a.m., limited offer. Boom. What do you got going on, Joe? Well, on uh, you can hear me every Monday on the Raven Effect here on MLW Radio. Highly reviewed show, as we as we covered before. Uh, right. On the Creative Control Network, uh, on its Husey Hello, Matt Coon is on the show. Heat Seeker Matt Coon is oh, on its Husey Hello to talk about his uh, variety of feuds that he's recently had with Jim Cornette and Dave Meltzer and so on. Um, as we mentioned, the Mike Durbin Show features the writers of Invasion. Now, let me guess. Somehow, some way, what show did you just say he was on? Uh, Matt Coon is on It's Usually Hello. Before December's over, he'll be on Joe's show, Hambone show, and Durbin show. No, Go ahead. I think, well, he, he, does not, sure. he does not get along with Durbin and Hambone, but I think Matt's like out of podcasting. I th- uh, yeah. Husey right. brought him on before he quit. So that might be. This could be. Then his, why is he still doing interviews? Well, this he recorded it before. He already he, quit. Yeah, he re- he recorded this before he quit. So it could yeah. be Matt's swan song. Uh, <laughs> the Mike Durbin show, uh, as we mentioned before, features the writers of the comic book The Invasion of Planet WrestleTopia. Uh, on an honorable mention with Shane Hagler and Jeff Schwartz, they cover Ring of Honor Steel Cage Warfare, which had a main <laughs> event. Featuring uh, Austin Aries, Jack Evans, Matt Seidel, and Roderick Strong versus Abyss, Alex Shelley, Jimmy Rave, and Prince Nana. Uh, From the Bedroom to the Booth, the newest show on the Creative Control Network, all about DJing and working the clubs, features uh, actually a very popular DJ, Robbie G. uh, Just keep that guy's name in mind because he's going to be... Keep that guy's name in what? Robbie G, keep his name in mind. He's going to be the next uh, Skrillex. This guy is very popular. Yeah, so for all you guys that go to England, and want to hear a good DJ, Robbie G. Robbie what, G. what is he, a DJ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. He's going to be a big name. Uh, Highway to Helms, Shane Helms returns. Why, why do you say he's going to be a big name? I mean, I don't know anything about it. I'm just going off the articles that I've read. Robbie G. Here he is. <laughs> yeah, he's, a, right he's here. a he's a popular Robbie young G. man. All right. So oh, an, oh like, my God. Jamie, wait a time out. So Robbie G is an 18-year-old Irish DJ? He's an Irish DJ? Yeah, he's the top DJ in Ireland and England right now. <laughs> the top DJ in No. Listen, the kid's only 19 years old. You give him a couple of years, he's going to be you up there. You ain't getting no breaks on this show. He's going to be up there with... <laughs> if you have anything to do with your network, you it sounds, you're going to get it sounds very suspicious. <laughs> like, he usually went to some bar to watch a game, okay? This DJ kid was he in a corner drunk. bar sitting music yeah. in between commercials during the game. Huge probably told everybody there he has a podcast. Everybody's probably going, what is the Creative Control Network? And they're talking Irish with that Irish slangy voice, okay? 
They have no idea what the security control network is. And DJ Robbie G overhears this talk of the podcast, and he approaches Huji and says, hey, can I get on your podcast? And, D- and Huji says, sure, you can be on my podcast. Anybody can be on my podcast. I'll, I literally have anybody on my podcast, and uh, except for Conan, because he won't be on my podcast. That's what he would have to say, right? Right. <laughs> Yeah, but that's what it sounds like. And then he took him home, and then in the morning at breakfast, he's just wearing an apron with nothing underneath, making <laughs> pancake batter for him at Hugely. <laughs> while he's playing killer tunes in the background. Um, to wrap up. Okay, so uh, how about Mike Durbin? Uh, yeah, he had the invasion of Planet Wrestletopia. Oh, yeah, Wrestletopia. Yeah. Uh, way back, playback with Pat McNeil. Yeah, you can buy a shirt. Of him sitting next to some nerd at a show and him trying to p- pick a fight. Yeah, fight, fighting. Yeah. Uh, he's bullying some wrestling fan at, at uh, All In. But uh, way back, playback with Pat McNeil uh, featured a Thanksgiving episode. And they reviewed Saturday night's main event featuring the all-time classic Hulk Hogan versus the Genius. I'm sure that was a phenomenal, phenomenal match and, and a great effort by Pat as usual. Uh, other than that, you can catch me uh, on Twitter at jfeeney3rd and the Pro Wrestling Tea Store at prowrestlingtees.com slash cc with Joe Feeney. Get your Mark World Order shirts <coughs> now. That is it. Yo, real quick, since we didn't do the Lucha Libre Minute, the very important, we were we had our last, our next to last TV taping of the year in Veracruz, Veracruz. Uh, a lot of angles went down there, and then we went to Monterrey um, on Sunday in this place that that's a baseball stadium. It holds 20,000, was reconfigured, reconfigured for 15, and we drew 14, which was saying a lot because right next door to us was America, the, the football team, and um, they played the Monterey team, which is a classic, like saying Yankees versus Red Sox. They drew like 40,000 people. We're still able to draw that much you know, next to them while they they were pay, playing a playoff game. But anyways, uh, Rush finally debuted in, or Rush finally debuted in AAA, and, um, uh, and Kenny Omega went out there. Bro, it is incredible to me how many people like Kenny Omega. We have this thing now in AAA called eSports, where they have all these gamers, and they go on the show, and they, they'll wear a mask of, like, a wrestler, and they'll they'll uh, challenge other gamers, and now they're having, like, mask versus mask matches and shit like that. And when I went up to them, and I was like, how old are you guys? And they were telling me their age, and I go, do you watch wrestling? And if you do, why? And if you don't, why not? And when I started to ask everybody who was their favorite wrestler, their only one name came up, Kenny Omega. And I was like, Jesus... Kenny's gotten himself over in the wrestling world and in the gamer world, you know, which is very interesting to me. But he was over like a rock star in Monterey. He had an incredible match against Dragon Lee, which is Rush's brother. Um, uh, That'll be coming out in like two weeks. Anyways, our last show of the year, December 14th in Tampico, Guerra de Titanes. I'll give you more details on that next week. And you can catch me on Facebook and Twitter at K-O-N-N-A-M-5150. Um, and uh, also on um, Impact on Access TV on Tuesdays. Uh, MLW, I make my return there this Thursday in New York. The Melrose, ba- uh, Melrose Ballroom. And we'll be on Saturdays uh, on BN Sports. Uh, so that's what I'm doing. I want to thank everybody that's been listening to the show, joining our Patreon at Conan.me. You can get extra content, extra video, roundtables, watch-alongs, a little bit of everything, posters, interviews, backstage stuff from all the places I work, porno stars that Disco puts up. Um, so check that out. Uh, that's how you support the show at K-O-N-N-A-N.me. want to thank everybody that's been spreading the word, the friend or foe. 
I want to thank DI. I want to thank JoJo. I want to thank everybody that's been listening. And this has been Keep It 100. Boom. Please help support Keeping It 100 with Conan at the Patreon site at patreon.com slash Conan and conan.me where you can find exclusive audio clips, full unedited segments, weekly video, listener roundtables, match watch-alongs, live content from shows I attend, and so much more. Please subscribe on your podcast provider and leave a rating and a review. And you can check out t-shirt stores for Conan, Disco Inferno, Master Republic, and myself at prowrestlingtees.com. If you'd like to send in a question or a song for the Juicy Seal of Approval, please send them in to k100questions at gmail.com. The official Keeping It 100 with Conan Facebook is at facebook.com slash k100conan, where I'm constantly posting audio clips from the show, YouTube videos, event posters, putting up polls for the show, and so much more. And finally, you can check out the highly successful official Keeping It 100 YouTube channel at Keeping It 100 Official, manned by Husey, and which just passed over 1 million views. There's always a plethora of conversation going on over there and some exclusive content as well. Thank you very much for listening, and check us out every Thursday here on MLW Radio. Top 100 New York Rangers of all time, Ted Irvine. I can't believe you're here! Hey, champion, thank you. It's so great to be back in New York City. <laughs> We're actually uh, in Chicago, Dad. Chicago? The home of the Blackhawks? Yeah. Hey, 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 hey! Quiet down. We got a legend here. Yeah, it's it's, it's the home of the Blackhawks. When I played with the New York Rangers. We beat the Blackhawks all the time. They were brutal, and they still are brutal. I used to beat the crap out of some guy named Bobby Hull. He's a complete wimp. I don't care what you say, Chicago Blackhawks were and always will be wimps.